news. We haven't even got any news at the top of the hour. That's how lame this show is going to be. So if you're listening, could you let us know you're listening so that we know it's worth us putting this much enthusiasm and joie de vivre into the show? 81333, start your text 3CR, or give us a call 08459 455 555. We do have some sort of content with a small c in the show this morning, including... As a new year starts, we'll look back on some of the Olympic highlights of 2012. And then, if we're all agreed, we'll put the Olympics to bed, shall we, and say no more about it. We'll find out more about a report which is calling for every hospital trust to have its own obesity doctor. And this show made the news yesterday. Yeah, we were one of the most viewed articles on the BBC website yesterday. At one point, we were the most viewed article for a, few, for a while. Yeah, I know. Dropped down to number four, but we were number one. We will bring you the moment from yesterday's show that virtually closed the internet as so many people gathered around their Macs and their laptops to listen to it. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. BBC Three Counties Radio. As you know, I'm not a fan of New Year's Eve or anything like that, but I'm not going to... Today's not going to be a dowdy, miserable show. It's going to be full of life, full of energy. But only if I know that there are people listening. So, apropos nothing, if you are listening, could you give us a call and let us know you're listening? Otherwise, I'll, I'll tone the act down a little bit. 08459... Four double five, five double five. No more of this nonsense about death rates and banks. Let's have some fun, shall we? Thank you. Listen, I'm not a fan of the New Year's Eve. You, anyone who heard yesterday's show will know. I think it's uh, it's a nonsense. What we're celebrating the inevitable march of time, really. But it's a celebration. we're not going to have a dour dowdy show this morning. Oh, contraire. I will, I will warn you now, there may be a little content light. Not much has happened, really. But we shall get by. And I often find those shows that are perhaps a little bit frothier, uh, uh, maybe more entertaining sometimes. 08459 455 555. You can call us about anything. Uh, just let us know you're listening, please. Kate, Katie's in Leighton Bozard. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Ian, you, and a happy and prosperous New Year to well, you and your family. Well, th- that's very kind of you, Katie. You're, you're alive. You've made it to 2013, which is, which is good. Congratulations on that. Yes. And you're listening. And I'm listening. Thank goodness for that, because when I took this gig, I was kind of worried that there would be, I would be playing to an empty house, Katie. No, well, you're listening. But you've got at least one listener. Mm, well, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to give you... Yeah, Katie, you may be the only listener we've got... I I am going to give you the show of your life. Oh, that's good. Did you did you do anything for New Year's? No, Ian, I'm too old for that. Well, I'm, I'm 85. You're what? You I'm s- 85. You sound about 17 years old, Katie. <laughs> Everybody tells me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have, I have a youthful <laughs> way of looking at life. Oh, I bet you do, Katie. <laughs> and what... OK, listen, this is what, what I want to talk about this morning. What... Th- give me one thing... You are looking forward to seeing the back of. Now that 2012 has gone, one thing you don't want to see anymore, and one thing you're looking forward to in 2013. I'll give you an example, Katie. I am looking forward, and it's blasphemy to say it here at the BBC, I'm looking forward to seeing the back of the Olympics. 
<laughs> Me too. And I'm moving house, hopefully, uh, this month, so I've got that to look forward to. Oh, my God, fathers. Oh, yeah, I know, exactly. I'm moving, <laughs> I'm moving to Leighton Buzzard. I'm not. I'm not. That, oh. that's a... you, you, there's plenty of houses here. Mm. And my, my grandson is an estate agent, so oh. I mean, he could help you. <laughs> no, I've got one. We're waiting for the chain to move along. What, what thing are you looking forward to seeing the back of, if that's not too much of an oxymoron, Katie? This flaming rain. Oh, you don't like the rain. Uh, they say that they had snow in Scotland. Oh, they always say that in Scotland. They're just trying to show off, aren't they? Well, we usually get the weather that the Americans are getting. The who's? Uh, the Americans. Oh, yes, I've heard of them, yes. USA. Yes. That we usually get their weather, and they've had enormous amounts well, of snow there. Well, what we get, we, six months after them, we get their weather, mm-hmm. we get their television programmes, and we get their obesity problems. And we get their bills. Don't we just? Yes. <laughs> and what are you looking forward to in 2013, Casey? Uh, well, really and truly, to 1914. Uh, no, Sorry? in 2014. Huh? Sorry. You're the... looking forward to the start of the First World War, Katie? Oh, well, no, I think that would be the end of it. Okay. Well, <laughs> well Katie, Katie, thank you very much. Katie and Leighton Buzzard is listening, and the thing she's looking forward to most in 2013 is the start of 2014. She's a woman after my own heart. 08459 455 555. Handsome Scruff says, Ian, I'm listening. Happy New Year. Oh, wait, 459, 455, 555. Are there people listening? And what thing are you looking forward to seeing the back of from 2013? For me, the Olympics. Oh, and Jimmy Savile. Can we see the back of Jimmy Savile, please? Not literally. That would be horrible. Uh, and what well, I'm looking forward to, 2013, moving house. Oh, wait, 459, 455, 555. Now, celebrations have been held around the world to see the start of 2013. Fireworks lit the skies above London and were described by the mayor as an amazing end to an incredible year. Well, London 2012 was the biggest sporting spectacle this country has ever seen, and we have plenty to cheer about here in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. One of the most memorable moments came when Greg Rutherford won gold on Super Saturday. Luke Ashmean has been looking back on an incredible summer of sport. Well, there we go. Listen, with the greatest respect, congratulations to all of our Olympic heroes. Well done, news. I'm looking forward to seeing the back of the Olympics. I'm I'm a little bit Olympicked out. To be, what are you looking forward to seeing the back of now that 2012 has ended? What are you glad is over for me? Three things: the Olympics, Savile, and Leveson. Oh, oh, I'm so tired of all three of them. And I know at the BBC that's been uh, been fueling the engine for the last six months, a year. Looking forward to seeing the end of those. And looking forward in 2013, moving house. Oh boy, oh boy. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Is there anybody listening? You can just call... Listen, we're so low on material today. If you just want to call up and have a chat, I will, I will do that. I will be your lonely friend. Uh, but also, what are you looking forward to seeing the back of? Tongue tight. What are you looking forward to seeing the front of? It, let's just do the new show. Coming up, hear the moment from yesterday's show that took the internet by storm and put us as the most listened to piece of audio on the BBC website. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, happy new year. What's, what is it with all the misery? Do we, do we really, at 17 minutes past six, want to trail for a programme called Ripper Street? Do we really? It's, come on, guys. I was listening to one of my favourite presenters, Nick Abbott, on another radio station the other day, and he pointed out a very interesting thing. That all... The, the, the majority of our entertainment, televisual, cinematic and games, mainly TV and movies, though, 
is based around murder. Why are we so obsessed with murder, Inspector Morse? Um, Midsummer Murders, The Killing. Every, th- the most exciting programmes we like, people get murdered in, don't they? Why is That's weird, isn't it? That's a weird thing, because, hey, if it happened to you, you wouldn't like it. You wouldn't like that. But we like watching it on television. Why? Um, uh, Lee Ray? Lee Ray. Lee Ray. With an M, Lee Ray. Leroy. No, Lee Ray. It's a French name. I spoke to you yesterday, remember? He Ray? I spoke to you yesterday. Oh, you were the gentleman whose phone kept getting unplugged. What do you mean, gentleman? Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry? Yes, that's right. The one that I couldn't understand. Oh, a lady. Sorry, just switching away. You're the woman who could... Yeah, your husband kept unplugging the phone yesterday. That's right. Oh, what? <laughs> have, you, have you divorced him yet? No, oh, no. I, I, suge- I suggest, uh, Mireille, <laughs> that 2013, you look, for, you look for a new gentleman. Oh, no, definitely not. Find yourself oh, a new no. bow. You can do better than that, loser. No, listen, we've had... Oh, by the way, Happy New Year to you. Yes. Uh, we've, we've had a very bad year to a What, so far? Oh, 2012. No, with illness, with illness. Oh, dear. Is everyone I, all right I now? I pneumonia. My oh. husband's got, got um, a oh. torn aorta aneurysm. aneurysm. Oh, blood. Uh, yeah, and oh. he got over that. Or, yeah. Well, he hasn't got over it. I mean, yeah. it's still, yeah. still there, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but he's having fe- treatment, and it's a lot It's a, a lot, lot better. Um, better. It's a lot better. And, and you're feeling better. Oh, yes, I had pneumonia, I nearly died. Oh, my goodness gracious me. Well, you, um, you, you sound strong and perky, Mire. Yeah, do you know how old I am? Yes, I do. You told me yesterday, 82 or 84, one of those. Yes, 82. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I thought so. Do you remember that? I do remember it. It's been ex- Do you know what? That phone call with you and Barry from Watford yesterday, <laughs> I listened to it about seven or eight times at home. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did, and I cried. And thought, is this, and is this what it's come thing. to? Yes. Well, was it you that spoke to Greg, Greg Wallace yesterday? Uh, uh, Greg Wallace? Yeah. No. Who was it? Who's Greg Wallace? Why does that name ring a bell? Is he, is he the chef? Yes. The bald chef? Yeah. No, is he bald? Is he a chef? Yes, he, he, he goes on television with, um, with, um... <laughs> is, he the, is he the master chef? No, he's oh. the master. The other one's master chef. Because I, I like the, the ma- I'm thinking of the bald master chef. This will be the toughest fifteen minutes of your life. Well, it won't be. It's cooking. Who's Greg Wallace then? No, he's he's a he's a, a cookery um, ex- expert reporter, Cook, something cook, like cookery, that. A cookery, I think he used to be a chef. A cookery expert reporter. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Do you know? Listen, listen, listen to me. The, the master chef is is um. What's her name, Junior? I can't remember his name. Junior Simpson. No. No, Greg Wallace is the Master Chef. No, no, he's not. He's he? the bo- yeah, he's the bald fella that looks like a potato. <laughs> and he- this is going to be the toughest no, fifteen minutes of your one, life. Who can he goes on with? Who's the real chef? Well, I call the real chef. Oh no, because Greg Wallace is just a, the fruit and veg man, isn't he? I can't think of his name. Uh, Roo Junior. Roo, um, something Roo Junior. Roo boy. No, Roo Junior. R O R O U X. Junior. Oh, Rue Junior. Yeah. What on earth are we talking nice, about, Mira? I've got that. My father. I think those drugs I purchased in 1987 are finally kicking in. Yes. Was a top London chef. I know he wrote the chef's bible. How do you know that? I guessed. Go on. How did you know that? I've been following you for the last six months, Mira, just to build up for this phone call. Honestly. No. You told me yesterday, you <laughs> silly sausage. Did I? Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you 
I was talking about yesterday about um about cosmetic surgery. <laughs> and what about that bloke that that uh, that won the a knighthood on a just riding a blooming <laughs> cycle? <laughs> oh my <laughs> God! I was with you all the way on, on the three items you would spoke about yesterday. I was with you all the way. Me, right? Would you ever <laughs> get a boob job? Would I what? Sorry. Would you ever get a boob job? No, I bloody oh Steady, it. steady. Come I on. Wouldn't. I know it's tw- let's, let's start 2013 with clean mouths. And I tell you, 82, I've got lovely boobs. You ask my husband. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, me, right? Listen, we're, 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 looking, we're asking what are you looking forward to seeing the back of now that 2012 is over? It's government. <laughs> yeah. And what are you looking forward to, to happening in 2013? Well, my husband just said to me, uh, a year of better health. There we go. Well, Mira, it's lovely to talk to you. Thank you for, for, for calling, and maybe we'll speak again soon. Yes. Take care, love. OK. Bye-bye. Bye. There we go. We have got listeners. Sort of. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Wasn't she lovely? People are listening. Take your coats off, girls. We're staying. It looks like it's worth continuing. I wasn't sure. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. If just if you want to find out for a chat, I know it sounds a bit desperate, doesn't it? And some text as well. Eight one three double three. Starting the text three CR. Morning, Ian. I'm listening. Like you, I'm hoping to move this year. Ooh. I've been divorced eighteen months and been renting. I've worked hard and saved hard to buy my own place. Nick and Hitchin. Um, Wendy in North Marston did not celebrate either last night. There's loads of you texting in. There's Dave in Luton, uh, Keithy in Fenny Stratford, uh, Dan of the Wibble. Um, I'm lying, listening to you while my three-week-old daughter hiccups and bottom burps. The magic of having children. Everyone's pulling a cute face. That's not cute. That's not cute. That's not cute. Now, listen, yesterday's show... Oh! Something happened on the show which became one of the most viewed articles on the BBC News website. I know, I got very excited when I heard this. And then I saw which bit of the show it was. It wasn't the bit where someone libelled to Bruce Forsyth. That bit didn't make it, don't worry. We, we live to, to, to fight another day. A mouse made a surprise appearance during a live weather forecast from Kate Kinsella. If you missed it... This is what happened. Beds, hearts and bugs, weather. BBC. This is yesterday's weather, by the way, so don't get too excited, OK? East Three Counties Radio. Well, it's certainly a rather wet and windy end to 2012. We've seen some rain already this morning, but that's been quite patchy. It's going to turn more persistent as we head through the latter part of the morning into the afternoon. Some heavy rain locally as well. And very windy too. We could be seeing gale force winds from time to time through the afternoon. The good news is it will start... Ah! Sorry, there's a mouse just run past me in my studio. Sorry about that. Um, Kate, are you, are you okay there? Yes, I'm fine. It's just the, the unique way in which this studio is run. There is a mouse. Well, how big was the mouse? It was actually quite big. Wh- quite where is the mouse now, Kate? <laughs> it's just... Where is it, Kate? It's literally just in front of me, walking across the ISDN. <laughs> is, is there is there a, a book or a block of wood They're near not you? killing it. Why? Because it's... It's a mouse. It's, it's a it's mouse. Not, it's not it a dog. It's a mess for a star. Okay, well, can, do you think you can carry on with the rest of the weather? Oh, it's quite sweet, actually. Bless it. Um, oh, yes, of course I can. I just want to keep an eye on where it's going. Okay. Who was the cockney urchin they got in to revoice my part? Because in my head, this is true. I hate listening to me. Because in my head, I sound like a very suave, sophisticated, um, kind of witty, charming raconteur. A bit like a butcher Peter Ustinov. But then when I hear clips, I sound like some Cockney Barrow boy. It's absolutely awful. 
Anyway, that was, that was, can you believe, this is the world we live in, that was the most viewed clip on the BBC website for a certain amount of time yesterday. Amazing, I know, but true. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call, just to prove you're listening. And also, now that 2012 is over, what are you glad to see the back of? For me, Savile, Leveson and the Olympics. And what are you looking forward to in 2013? Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. I nearly, um, I nearly forgot to come in there. I was reading Facebook for a second. No, I was. I was reading uh, uh, Facebook, one of the uh, many fan pages uh, I'm, uh, about the monkeys that I'm members of. <laughs> And then suddenly realised that it sounded like Louise was coming to the end by the tone of her voice. Oh, blimey, I'm doing a radio show. I really should pay attention. Good morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, here until nine o'clock. It's a slightly less structured show than it normally would be if you're a regular listener to this. Uh, And you're more than welcome to jump aboard at any point this morning. 08459 455 555. I'm partly keen just to make sure that there are people listening. We've had a couple of callers... Is there anybody that's paying attention? <laughs> Perhaps should be more of <laughs> more of a question. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I don't want to. I don't want to give one hundred percent if we've only got six, seven, eight, nine listeners. You know, I want to make sure at least in double figures before I, I give you the show of your lives, the best show of twenty thirteen. Critics are already calling it. So oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And also, if you want something to talk about. Now that 2012 has come to an end, what are you glad to see the back of? The Olympics, Savile, Leveson, for me. Bored, 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 bored. They were all exciting and titillating for a while, and now they're just dull. And what are you looking forward to in 2013? I got both my boys' birthdays this month, three and one, and we're moving house. Not bad, is it? Not bad. Also coming up in the show, we'll hear from former soldiers who fought in the Falklands, who retraced their steps to mark the 30th anniversary of the war. And what do you think of the idea of each hospital having a dedicated doctor to look after obesity care? Sensible or a waste of money? Is obesity an illness or should people just walk more and eat less? We'll be discussing that throughout the show. 08459 455 555. I'm not a massive Queen fan, but I flipping love this song. I still love you. It's a nice song. I like that song. I can get a bit schmaltzy. I get a little bit sentimental. This is in Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, New Year's Day, 25 to 7 in the morning. Yeah, not expecting too many listeners. And so I've been asking. The rather desperate, uh, the radio hosts plea. Is there anybody listening? Can you give us a call? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five nine. Thought, thinking maybe we get one or two, you know, kind of slightly eccentric calls from beds, hearts, and bucks. Never expected a phone call from Arizona in America, Loring. <laughs> Happy New Year's Eve, Ian. Happy New Year to you, man. How's <laughs> well, America? It's not New Year here yet. Oh, it's it's pretty good right now. We, we we just found out thanks to your news that we're done with fiscal cliff. That's what I was going to tell you. I want to see behind me in 2012 is fiscal cliff. The fiscal cliff for those Remember who don't, for those idiots listening to this who don't know, basically, unless your government came up with a pretty radical plan by now, you are going to be in terrible trouble with interest rates and pensions and all of that. They've sorted it out. What a great way to end 2012! It is. It is a great way, and also, you know, I'm I'm glad the Mayans were 
just out of paper or whatever, out of tablets when they were doing their... Those suckers. Can we, can we, can we, can we never listen to those minds again? There's one lives next door to me and he won't shut up. Well, he's been proved wrong. (laughs) So, uh, uh, Lauren, is it still 2012 in Arizona? It is. It is for another about uh, 20 minutes or so. Well, let me tell you, uh, Loring, I'm, I'm living in 2013. I've been in it for nearly seven yeah. hours. It sucks. It's, it's a terrible year. Uh, it's cold, it's wet, it's miserable, everybody hates each other. <laughs> Stay, hang on to 2012 if you can. I, I'm going to try for at least 20 minutes, and if, if I can do it right, maybe I can get into another time zone and save one more hour. Can I ask you, Loring, I don't, can, can yeah. I ask you, why... Why are you listening to BBC Three Counties Radio in Arizona? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, <laughs> that's an interesting question. Yeah. I just, you know, I saw it pop up on my Facebook, you know, that you were on Interesting, not much material, we'll take phone calls, anything, cash. And I said, well, I'll just, uh, you know, just shoot you a call and just say, you know, Happy New Year. And, and uh, it's probably the only time I'll call in oh, in right. 2012. Yeah. Oh, oh, 2012. In 2012. Well, listen, now you've opened the floodgates. 2013, you've got to be, you've got to be my Arizona correspondent. If anything happens in Arizona, probably won't, but if it does, Lauren, you're, you're going to be our go-to person. Is that okay? Anything in the Southwest is, uh, we, we can respond to you with uh, any information you need. On, from you. If you want an American point of view on anything, I'm more than happy to give it. Man, we've, we're, um, we're, we're totally, we're totally going to call on you. Listen, what are you looking forward to most in 2013? Uh, 2013. Uh, season three of Downton Abbey. We haven't got it yet here in the States. Right. Let, oh, me, correct, let, me, correct, let me correct you on a couple of things. It's, if, oh, spoil it for me. Here we go. No, 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 no. If you're going to be watching an American pro- a, a British program, you call it a series, okay? It's, oh, se- series. it's series three, not season three. Season three. Series why, three. Why, why do they only make like six episodes of every show? Because we make our programs good. We don't drag them on for too long until you're sick and tired of all the characters. We make them good and quality with proper actors. Yeah. That's oh, like why. three and a half men and those other terrible shows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Laurie, it's lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking okay. the time to call. Have a great New Year. Anytime. All right, talk to you again. There we go. Bye bye. How cool is that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, callers from Luton. We had a call from. I'm sorry. Arizona's a little bit more glamorous, isn't it? Really? I've never been. It could be a dump. I don't know. Thank you, Laurie. How exciting was that? Now, this year saw the 30th anniversary of the Falklands War. Seven former soldiers who fought in some of the most fierce battles of the Falklands conflict returned to the islands in June for the first time since the war ended. The men from the 2nd and 3rd Battalion, the Parachute Regiment, retraced their footsteps and paid respects to their friends who were killed in the conflict. Our defence reporter, Gavin Lee, joined up with them and found out what they went through back in 1982. I'm walking across the rugged, rocky, snow-capped heathland known as Wireless Ridge, and the sun's just coming through the clouds here now. I'm only a couple of miles north of Stanley, and I'm walking with some of the men who fought on this ground 30 years ago, and some of them back for the first time. And the debris of war is still around us here today. There are rusted bits of weaponry as well as large crater-shaped holes in the ground from the damage caused by mortar fire during some of the intense fighting 30 years ago. With me is Neil Dance, a former section commander of Two Para, and Ray Poole, who was a private 30 years ago. Neil, first of all, if I can ask you what it's like 30 years on, coming back here. I'm still pretty numb from the whole experience. I'm sure when I get back home, it will sort of sink in. But... uh... The thing for me coming back here is, is just the fact that the island welcomed us, right? The, the first day we went back to Goose Green and everything else, it was raining, it was windy, it snowed, it was sleet, right? It was freezing. 
And that was the island saying, hey, welcome back, right? Because that's exactly how I remembered it. Like in one hour, you can have all the different weathers, you know, that you would get in a, in a season. And I feel very much part of this rock. I mean, I'm going to take a little bit of this island back with me. And Ray, you know, you were 19 years old. 19. And yeah. you saw this place 30 years ago in the dark. In the dark, yeah. Uh, what do you remember seeing? Well, this place here, Wilds Ridge, we can see Stanley. We know then the, the end is close. That feeling is, well, you just can't express it. I mean, it was a hell of a slog up to here. You know, we lost guys. That was the end. That was the end, Wireless Ridge. That's why we, we're doing it today, because the feeling we got looking over them rocks into Stanley is just nothing like it. Nothing like it. All the Argies ahead of us, throwing their weapons and everything. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Had you always wanted to come back here? No, I haven't always. No, 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 no. No, in fact, I was, I was a bit apprehensive this time, to be honest with you. But it's done me some good, I think. You know, seeing it all and that, in a relaxed atmosphere, it's been good, yeah. What about you, Neil? Is it something you'd always wanted to come back and see? I've always talked about it. I'm coming back, but I never motivated myself to do anything. And now, being back here and seeing all the guys, it's like we never left each other and stuff, you know. I have memories of certain spots certain battles um there's my memory of this place is when it came to daylight like there was all sorts of things coming here one of the boys fell into a big hole full of water and we thought he drowned he bobbed under a couple of times we had to pull him out and it was you know pretty cold and we had to strip him off while the firefight's going on and everything else just to try and get him warmed back up and everything else and then we were getting artillery and fire was coming in and then when the daylight broke, it was like wild because there was dead people all lodged in the rocks and everything else and they looked like uh, wax models. They just didn't seem real, right? And then there was this uh, particular gentleman who came up and he said, guys, do you think we should go into Stanley? And we all just said, yeah, we got to go. And at that point there, we just started moving down and it was a competition at that point between A and B company. And then it was like, okay, who's going to get into town first? And uh, when they said there's a white flag flying in stanley we were actually in the middle of a minefield right i had uh, i turned around to my boss and said boss we're in a minefield he goes just keep pushing through and uh, we just pushed through and it's like i'm here today to tab back into town right so tactical advanced battle this, this is what you're doing next that's what yeah. we're doing next yeah. we're going to tab into stanley from wireless ridge which is the end for us and we want to do it and we're going Today. to end up at the Globe and have a couple of pints. <laughs> we might actually get invited this time. Across beds, hearts and bugs, this is BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, that was uncomfortable, wasn't it? That's my fault. I do apologise. Morning, 6.45, Monday the 1st of January 2013. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up, we'll hear from more of our listeners who are listening right now, and we'll look back at the Olympics, which, to be honest, I'm glad to see the back of. What are you glad to see the back of now that 2012 is over? And also, what are you looking forward to in 2013? The things I'm looking forward to seeing the back of, if you'll indulge me for a second, the Olympics, Jimmy Savile and the Leveson inquiry. They were all fun for a while, Fun, perhaps the wrong word. Titillating and exciting. Bored, bored, bored by the end. Looking forward to, to the back of those. 
And in 2013, I've got some great things coming up. My boy's third and first birthday. Moving house. And that's it. What are you glad is over now that 2012 has ended? And what are you looking forward to in 2013? And also, just give us a call to let us know that you're listening. Otherwise, I'm just here a little bit lonely. 08459 455 555. If you've noticed, I'm filling a little bit because I'm hoping that the weather's going to turn up at some point. They ain't bothering to turn up. Uh, There ain't no weather. That's that. It's done then. Let me tell you, it's going to be cold and wet. Happy New Year. Cathy's in Stevenage. Good morning, Cathy. Good morning, Ian. You're listening, are you, Cathy? Yes. And it sounds like you're... What's that, that, that hum? Are you, are you listening inside a fridge or something? No, it's probably my phone. Oh. Give it, give it a bash. Oh, well, no, I might shut you off. Oh, well, <laughs> we, we, we wouldn't want that, Cathy. No. So whereabouts are you? What, what's happening in Stevenage? Uh. Well, I'm in bed at the moment. Good girl, yes. Um, I always listen to you every morning at six o'clock. Okay. I get up at seven o'clock. Yeah. And still listen to you. Excellent. And then I, when. Oh. Well, what? Uh, you, you don't. You turn off when Jonathan Vernon uh, no, Smith no, comes no, on. No, 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 oh. no, no. I, I would. I listen to Radio Cambridgeshire for a little while. You do, you do what? Radio Cambridgeshire. I beg your pudding. Why would you listen to that rubbish? Uh, uh, no, it's not rubbish. Okay. Um, but um, then I turn back to you again. Good for you. Now, Cathy, can uh, I ask you? Right? Yes. It's still early days for me. I've only been here what three months, and there are some rude people out there in the internet, Cathy, who say I'm a bit loud, a bit obnoxious, a bit oh, brash. Oh no. Oh, would you, would you disagree with that, Cathy? Oh, of course. I mean, you're so bright and breezy. Bright and breezy. Thank you very much. You see, that's that's what. What if we? could make the show listen we'll use this as a, like a little uh, customer report now if we could do anything to make the show better kathy what would you like to see done well i don't think you can better it any, any more than, than it is you're you're it's perfect excellent. kathy you're, you, you you've won a thousand pounds you haven't you haven't won any money i have to say that just in case you, okay. you think that you have what 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 are you looking forward to in 2013 my dear i am looking forward to the end of the afghan war oh yeah, no, I'll, I'll have some of that. There's me being all flippant about moving house. No, I, you're right, I'll Ooh. have a, the end of war. I'll have that, yes. Anything else? Um, better health for everybody. Oh, you're, you're an old hippie at heart, aren't you, Cathy? Well, I, I, yes, I'm, I'm a year younger than your first caller from Leighton Buzzard. OK, right, so you're, you're in your 80s, yes. 84. There we go, well done, well done. And, and still very sprightly. Have oh, you, of course. Have you got a cup of tea by you in bed? Uh, no, oh. I shall have that when I get up. Go and have a cup of tea and a slice of toast and keep listening until uh, you listen to Radio Cambridge. <laughs> no, no, um, no, I probably won't listen don't, to Radio don't, Cambridge don't today. Listen. Oh, oh, hang on a minute, I've just, I've just heard, actually, Radio Cambridge is, uh, is um, being closed. Why's that? Yeah, because oh, it wasn't very good. You want me? You don't want me to listen to it. No, anymore, they've clo- do they've you? closed it down now. They closed it down in 2013, part of um, BBC <laughs> cost cutting measures. They've closed BBC Radio Cambridge. So, oh, you're a joker. Yeah, and you're lovely, Cathy. Thank you very much for calling. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. What are you glad to see the back of in 2012? Am I the only person who is kind of looking forward to the end of the Olympics? I enjoyed the Olympics. I really did. I thought it was wonderful. A lot of fun. I got sucked in. Oh, I've just um, got rid of that um, bit of audio. Could you move it back, the Olympic audio? I've just pressed stop twice because I'm an idiot. Uh, I I enjoyed the Olympics. I really did. But it kind of went on a little bit too long. And I'm glad that it's sort of gone now.
So, looking forward to... Oh, I did it again. <laughs> Sorry, we have my fat fingers on these computer keyboards. The, the tiny keyboards, big fat fingers. Should I press stop now? Let's try. There we go, fantastic. Thank you very much. Luckily, I have a team of professionals here today. Well, Britain's athletes completed their most successful Olympics for more than a century. Well, did the Games move you in some way? Here's a recap of what happened with the help of Lord Coe. Well, there's your Olympics. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. It was wonderful. Um, two milks, please. And, uh, yeah, go why not. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, and I enjoyed it. I'm really glad to see the back of it. Aren't you? Now, this song used to scare me as a kid. There's a reason we're playing Vienna. It's a crime to cut it short, but I'm afraid I have to. Vienna, Ultravox, I haven't heard that song for years. I love it. There's a reason that we're playing it, and it's because Vienna has topped the poll of the best number twos, steady, of all time. We'll find out what the other ones are a little bit after seven. And also, we still haven't answered the question. What have... Sorry, I'm having a cheese sandwich. What have 1987 and 2013 got in common? It's a good one, this. 08459 455 555. And if you want to tell us your favourite number twos as well, steady, then give us a call. 08459 455 555. 1987, 2013, they've got something in common. Let's be honest, they've probably got loads of things in common, but there's one specific thing I'm thinking of. 08459 455 555. What are you glad to see the back of? Now that 2012 has ended, it went bad. It wasn't a bad year. What are you glad to see the back of? And what are you looking forward to in 2013? We'll discuss more after the latest news with Louise. Didn't it sound awful? Didn't it sound awful, that New Year's thing on... Oh, why would you go into central London on New Year's Eve to watch them... Watch them on the telly. Watch them on the... Did anybody go? Are there any of you hardcore listeners out there who went into London and saw the fireworks and you're still up? Having it large. You can give us a call if you want. Lots coming up on this hour of the show, including... A report by the Royal College of Physicians says a doctor should be appointed to oversee obesity care at every hospital trust. We'll tell you about a programme to treat obese pregnant women at Bedford Hospital. Bedfordshire Police will be on the programme to tell us how busy New Year's Eve was for them. And what's your favourite number two song? A new poll has found that Ultravox's Vienna is the greatest track to miss out on a number one slot. Lots of ways to get in touch. Lots of you using the Facebook page this morning, which is always good. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send us a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give us a call. We've got a couple of lines free now. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, doctors say NHS services uh, for people who are obese are extremely patchy. A report by the Royal College of Physicians says a doctor should be appointed to oversee obesity care at every hospital trust. It comes as Bedford's, uh, Ho- Bedford Hospital started a special programme to help overweight mothers-to-be. 
Around a fifth of pregnant women in their care are obese. Dietitian at Bedford Hospital, Carol Averkus, says one of their sessions welcomes other members of the family. Once the children start to come off breastfeeding or have solids, of course they then begin to copy the adults around them. So it's a really good time in pregnancy to get some of those sort of family habits in check, really. <laughs> and make sure you're having regular meals and having a meal together. We can talk more about the uh, idea of each hospital having a doctor for obesity care. Tam Fry is from the National Obesity Forum. Morning, Tam. Good morning to you. What difference would these proposals make, do you think? I think they'd make a huge difference. Uh, We have uh, had in this country no facilities over the last 10 years worth speaking of. And this has left doctors in a real difficult position because they have nobody to refer their patients to. And therefore, if you will, uh, it's a self-defeating exercise, uh, even seeing them in the first place. So this call from the Royal College of Physicians is uh, smack on the money and is uh, timely and if not far too late already. There are some people listening, uh, Tam, who might say, for goodness sakes, come on, get a grip. It's obesity. Walk more, eat less. What, What would you say to those people? I would say that that is a basic message which should be followed, but what you have to remember is that there are a great number of people who are obese through no fault of their own. They have metabolic or they have genetic problems which cause obesity, and if you will, they are struggling, but they are perhaps on an unequal battle, and therefore these clinics would be very useful for them to to sort them out too. Are there, um, maybe, I don't know if you can answer this, but are there dangers associated with obese women being pregnant? Uh, yes, there are, uh, and I would commend uh, Bedford Hospital for what it's doing. Uh, the woman going into pregnancy, overweight or obese, uh, is not only putting her own health at risk, but also the risk of uh, uh, ill health for her baby. She can acquire gestational diabetes uh, during the pregnancy, and that will be uh, transferred onto the baby, and the baby might be born fat as well. So there's a great need for all women to be, uh, if possible, uh, a good weight before they go into pregnancy. But what Bedford Hospital are doing absolutely right. They're, they're saying we are in the real world. If we have overweight people, we must do something about them during their period of pregnancy in order to establish good, healthy lifestyle by the time the child is born. According to this report, uh, uh, Tam, it claims over half of the population of the UK will be obese by the year 2050. I've heard other uh, the figures saying that could even be sooner than that. Does that surprise you at all? No, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, we've, we've had obesity in this country building up for the last 40 years, and uh, there is no sign of it abating, I'm afraid. Uh, we have a government who is uh, totally uh, clueless as to know what to do about it, and until we have a proper uh, system for, for fighting obesity in the country, it will continue to grow. So uh, 50% of our peop- population being overweight by the year uh, 2050 is no surprise to me. It was heralded in a very good report in 2007, which the government entirely accepted. It was called the Foresight Document, and they've revised that document downwards slightly but still the levels of obesity will be very high i i I do struggle to kind of get my head around it tam apart from those people uh, um who perhaps suffer from food addiction and those people have a genetic um disposition towards uh being overweight why are other people overweight because it's not difficult it's people know that if you eat chips and burgers you're gonna get fat don't they 
Yes, they do. And, and this is the real complication. It's the way that these messages are given out and understood or misunderstood by mm. the population, which is the most concerning. Uh, we've had about 13 years of the government uh, producing leaflets and videos and you-know-what saying uh, eat less, exercise more. But it's not really going in uh, one ear and staying there. Um, what really needs to be done, in my opinion, is that we need to bring obesity prevention down to the grassroots level. And uh, the GP, uh, the Royal College of Physicians report, actually identifies GPs as being absolutely vital to get the nation back onto a proper size. They're the people who most people trust, their advice is listened to uh, on a one-to-one -one basis by their patients, and that is the way to get the messages across. Some doctors might say that they're already overworked, that the resources are being pushed. Uh, should they really be um, spending their time helping people with dietary problems exactly they should because if you will this is prevention rather than cure mm. if they don't prevent the disease problem uh, occurring then their workload will be even higher because obesity is not just a simple fatness mm. obesity can lead to lots of problems such as diabetes types of cancer cardiovascular problem which are far far more demanding upon the doctor's time than obesity by itself so if you will it's a win-win situation prevent the problem ever occurring and then uh, there won't be so much to uh, do clearing up the mess. There was a call last week, Tam, and I cannot uh, remember who it was by, someone from the government asking, urging these, these magazines to stop promoting these, these quick fix diets, these super diets. Uh, they are quite dangerous, aren't they? Uh, the quick fix diets are just uh, incredibly awful. The fads, awful. yeah. They, the, the, the diet industry is basically an industry and it exists by uh, knowing that people will go back on diets after diets after diets. Uh, dieting is basically a waste of time. Really what people should be understanding is that a healthy lifestyle, eating proper food and exercising is far, far, far better. And these fad diets, the minister was absolutely right, are actually prejudicial because they are in some instances uh, prejudicial to their own health. They do not take account of all the fried food groups which you need in order to establish good eating. Uh, they exist on one or two food groups and therefore if you follow them you're losing some of the essential nutrients which you need to have a healthy life. Tam Fry from the National Obesity Forum, thank you very much indeed. Across beds, hearts and bugs, this is BBC Three Counties Radio. You're not, um, you're a sensible bunch, aren't you? You're not following those diets from those silly magazines, are you? No. You're far more sensible than that. What was the diet, with, um, I remember because my friend did it, where you could eat, you could eat meat. Basically, was it the Atkins diet? You could eat meat. And so she would just eat bacon and sausages and steak and it, it, she stank. She really stank of meat. Listen, I'm a vegetarian, but, but that, that wasn't the thing. Everyone would say, ooh, you smell a bit meaty. <laughs> she did, it was horrible. And she lost weight, but that can't be good for you. I'm old enough to remember my mum years ago doing the F-Plan diet. Was that, what was that? Was that fibre, I'm guessing? It was the F for fibre? I don't know. The F-Plan diet. My mum did all those fatty diets. It turned out, my mum was quite cool. She kind of was sort of a little bit, no, this isn't cool at all, what I'm about to say. In the 70s, was kind of on, like, um, diet pills. 
Yeah, speed, kids. That was speed. Prescribed by a doctor. <laughs> I know! The 70s were mad. My mum is the straightest, most sensible woman in the world. And we were kind of talking about why she had quite a lot of energy. It was very focused in the 70s. Really, a lot, really energetic. Yeah, she was on speed. Yeah, that's right. Prescribed by a doctor. <laughs> you're, you're a sensible bunch, aren't you? Is there anybody listening to this now who's got one of these magazines and there's a picture of Cheryl Cole or whoever on the front? Uh, you could have a body of, of uh, Cheryl Cole in just six weeks. You're not really falling for that, are you? Are you? No. If you are, could you give us a call and let me know? 08459 455 555. I can't believe that in 2013 that we, we, we all want a quick, quick fix. Of course we do. Of course we do. We don't want to put in the work. But to lose weight, uh, apart, unless you've got um, uh, an eating addiction or a genetic problem, to lose weight, you, you kind of have to just change the whole structure of, of your life, don't you? It's not easy. I'm, uh, listen, I, I, I'm sure it's not easy at all. I've, I'm lucky that I've uh, been pretty, pretty skinny my whole life. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Are you looking at these diets in these magazines, thinking, "Yeah, do you know what? Twenty thirteen, this is it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have a go at this." Because they don't, they don't work. Those fat, you've got to change your whole entire lifestyle. Drop, drop uh, six pounds in six weeks. I don't know. Is a pound a lot? I've got no idea, to be honest. I've no idea what I weigh. All I know is, is if I start getting a little pot belly, I'm eating too much cheese and bread. And I stop eating cheese and bread and the little pot belly goes. That's it. That's it for me, as far as I'm concerned. Are we having any travel at the quarter past or no travel? No travel? Doesn't look like it, does it? Well, we'll just... No, oh, travel, haven't, travel haven't turned up. They're, I'm sure they're busy. I'm sure they're busy seeing in the new year. If they decide to pop along, then we'll let you know what's happening. I'm sure... Let's be honest, the roads are probably... Dead, they're dead quiet aren't they, at the moment, aren't they? Yes, there's no travel, so we'll have a bit of this. <laughs> see how this show was hastily thrown together <laughs> it's written on the back of a fag packet somewhere the instructions i've not seen that fag packet good morning this is ian lee bbc three counties radio 715 these are your headlines on monday the first of Jan- no, whoa, 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 hey whoa tuesday the first of january coming up we're finding out uh, uh, more about today's new year's day parade which is being held in london bbc three counties radio shall we have a little look at the front pages of the newspapers, why, why the heck not? The Guardian. Fireworks, innit? Yeah. Fireworks. And Europe must spend more on defence, US envoy warns. Savings from As- Afghanistan withdrawal should be used to reverse military cuts, says America. <laughs> you tell us what to do. We used, we used to own that little island of yours. And we can take it back whenever we want. The Independent. Fireworks, innit? The 20 mile per hour, 20, mm, the 20 mile per hour revolution. Millions of drivers face lower speed limits as new laws sweep the country. Millions more motorists could soon face reduced speed limits as new research by the Independent suggests that more than a third of local authorities have introduced measures to stop drivers exceeding 20 miles per hour or are planning to do so. The Daily, Daily Telegraph. Fireworks, isn't it? Neglectful Britons blamed for forcing elderly into care homes. Well, this is, um, this is harsh. Britain has become 
a neglectful society where the elderly are driven into care homes because uh, uh, unnecessarily because they lack support from their families and communities, the care minister has claimed. The care minister has claimed? Has the care minister ever had to care for somebody who's elderly or unwell? I bet not. I bet the care minister's trying to save a few quid. Listen, we had to put my mum in a home um, because she's not very well. 60, we put her in when she was 60. Right. The most painful, toughest decision me and my sister have ever had to make in our lives. Awful decision to have to make. And we looked at every possible option to keep her in her home. We looked at me moving back. We looked at everything. So don't don't, don't care, Minister, say we are neglectful. Neglectful society. How dare you? Invest some money in looking after our elderly people. Uh, let's do the Times, and then we'll look at the others a little bit later on. The Times, um, the deadly divide. Funding gap opens in cancer research for men and women. Men are dying because the most common male cancer gets only half the research money of its female equivalent, despite killing the same number of people, campaigners say. We'll have a look at um, the, the Express and the Mail and the Sun a bit later on. The Mail's got a cracking front-page story. Cracking front-page story. Ban this sick filth is pretty much what they're saying. On a lighter note, uh, many people will remember 2012 for the Olympics and the fantastic summer of sport. Well, apparently, the spirit of these games is still alive and well, thanks to the London, uh, thanks to London New Year's Day Parade. Well, Dan Kirkby is one of the organisers of this event. Morning, Dan. Good morning, good morning, how are you? You're far too perky for this time of the morning. Well, I am, I am indeed, and you know, this is my big day of the year, it's, I feel like Santa Claus and Christmas. It's, is your, is your whole year kind of built towards this? Once, once today's finished, do, when do you start planning next year's? Well, we've already planned next year's, a lot of it's what? underway. Um, yeah, we have, we, we sort of worked two years ahead. Um, you know, Bob Bone and the, the, the man who dreamt this wonderful uh, parade up is, is sort of working two, three years ahead. So we oh are actually goodness. talking to people who are going to be performing in 2014 and 15 at the moment. All right, well, let's, let's, let's calm down. Let's focus on 2013, Dan. It's happening today. What, what's going to happen today? What can we expect to see? Well, we've got half a million people expected here in the streets of the West End of London. Uh, it's the most you can have for free in, in, in this uh, beautiful city over New Year. We've got 6,000 plus performers gathering from numerous nations. They're going to be banging drums, singing, playing. They've got, we've got a kite runner from Afghanistan who's uh, uh, an amazing man called Nasser Vallon. We've got 18 London boroughs. Is, is there wind for the kite, Dan? There is a bit of wind down here. Good. I can tell you, it's, it's a beautiful morning. God, it's, it's, yeah. you know, miraculously, the, the, the clouds cleared. You know, that 18 months of rain has rolled away and we've got blue skies. Blue skies Wonderful. in the USA for a day. It's absolutely amazing. Amazing. See, what else have you got? You've got the kite runner. I, lo- I love a bit of kites. I'm a big fan of kites. So I can oh, watch. Well, he's, he's got several hundred kites. Brilliant. He's going to be running them through the, uh, the city. They're all handmade. Amazing pieces of aeros- uh, aerospace technology. They fly with a, just a breath of air and suddenly he's got 20, 30 on a string. Unbelievable. Got to, got to see him. You've got to come and watch this. The, spirit of, the, the spirit of the Olympics, Dan, that's being kept yeah. alive today, is it? How are you doing that? It is. It is, it is. I mean, 2012 was a legendary year for London, and 2013 is going to be just as good. What we wanted to do is just show the world that actually, you know, the spirit that we generated in this city is not died. It didn't, it didn't extinct, get extinguished with the flame. We're keeping, that, uh, we're keeping that flame burning brightly today. We've got the games makers in huge numbers, hundreds of games makers coming down to the uh, parade today. We've also got uh, pandemonium drummers. They were in the opening and closing ceremony. Oh, yeah, they were good then. The guys with the, guys with the police and hats, the lights. So... Uh, yeah, we've got hundreds and hundreds of, uh, of the people that help make it so special. Um, and we're going to give them a, you know, let them take another bow. And also, 
you know, give London a rousing welcome to 2013. Because it is going to be a good year. We can feel it in our bones that this year is going to be a cracker. Dan, what are you per- for- forget the parade for a second and forget everything yeah. big that's happening. What are you personally looking forward to in 2013? I'll tell you mine. It's my boy's mm. third and first birthday this month, so oh. I'm looking forward to that. And we're moving yeah. house. So those are huge things for me. What What have you got planned personally, what am I Dan? Well, I'm, I'm looking to try and broaden my horizons a little bit. I want to be kinder, I think, to people than I than I was in uh, in, in 2012. Be more relaxed. Were you a bit, bit of a meanie in, in 2012, Dan? Were you well, tough? I think 2012, I think, that, you know, some, somehow there was this... Uh, a bit of tension about the beginning of the year. Yep. An awful lot of uh, awful, awful lot of things were going on in in one's life. But yeah, no, I'd like to just take a take time to enjoy, you know, what, what we've got around us because I think we take it for granted sometimes. We really do. I think. Listen, I think you're absolutely right. I'm very honest of you to say that. Uh, so I'm, I'm imagining there'll be a sports theme as well with all the games makers and, and the, 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 yep. the the theme of the Olympics running through it. What, what's the sports themes that we can see today? Well, sporting wise, I think I mean lots of athletic people, but uh, I mean the actual theme of the event is hats off to London. It's a celebration capital of the world, and and you know we will. Uh, I'm sure we've got tons of hats, and you know you're, you, you you come from the sort of the, the hatting part of the world, don't you? Really? I, oh yeah, we're totally we're big, big on hats up here. Big on hats. I mean, so you know we've got uh, we've got all sorts of stilt walkers in huge hats. We've got the Red Hat Society are in from the UK and also from America. So hats galore. So you. You can you can doff your cap to uh, the games makers and and, and 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 sort of live a bit of the theme as well. And that There's is somebody here who wanted to say hello to you. By the way, I tripped over a man called Justin this morning. Oh, who, um, Justin who? Yeah, very handsome oh. man. He, very is he, handsome. Is he there very, with you? He's he's right here. Jay right D, now. Justin Dealey's there. He is. He's right here right now. Let me speak I've, to I've him. I've told him to clear off. I've told him to clear off. I said, come on, New Year's Eve is over. Unbelievable. He's got a top hat. He's got a top hat on, he on the corner of his what head. A, what an idiot! He looks, he looks apart. Doesn't he look like a plum? <laughs> he looks like a plum, doesn't he, Dan? He looks like a plum. I don't know. He said he told me to tell you he's good looking. I mean, he, he's reasonably. He, he's, he's damn good looking. He he's is. too good looking. Uh, listen, Dan, it's free. If people want to come down, it's free, isn't it? This is Absolutely the big free. thing. That, that's the beauty of it is to be, to, you know, to be frank. It's a, you know, everybody seems to want to, to take money off you these days, but we don't. You know, we would like you to put some money in the in the in the cap for in the hat if you like, for uh, London's charities, because we do raise tens of thousands for charity good across for the capital. But, but it's free, free, and, you know, bring the kids. What time does it start? And give us a couple of good places to, that the people could head towards. 11.45. I always say to people, come to Westminster Tube. Just come out the Tube at Westminster. You'll see the parade at the end of Parliament Street there, Parliament Square. Come come there. I'd come there, you know, reasonable. Aimed for sort of 11 o'clock. Kicks off at 11.45. But the route's from Piccadilly, all the way down Piccadilly Circus, right down Lower Regent Street, down to... Um, to uh, Palmau, Trafalgar Square, and Whitehall. So you know you've got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, parade routes to take there. But if, you know, if I, I'd come down to Westminster, get there, get there for about eleven o'clock, get yourself a nice position, and uh, enjoy everything. That Always we get yourself a nice position when you can. Dan, listen, have a cracking day. You've met Justin Dealey. Just just check your wallets in your back pocket. That's all I'll say. That's Dan Copley there, who's one of the organisers of the event. You going to go down there? I, I would love to go down. My boys aren't very well. They were, um, you know, very poorly indeed. Otherwise, I would be down there, would be celebrating and having some fun. But, um, it does sound good. Uh, let, let, let that be the end of the Olympics, then. After that. Shall we? Can it be the end? Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Are you listening? We had a lot of listeners in the first hour. I don't know if we've got any this morning, between seven and, uh, and eight. If you're listening, could you just give me a call, just to let me know... That it's worth me carrying on. It's, I'm giving this 100%. If there's no one listening, I'll, I'll tip it down to 60. 
So 08459 455 555. Let's have a look at the rest of the papers. The Daily Express, fireworks in it. Uh, and bulging Britain's fatness epidemic. Britain is facing an obesity epidemic costing £5 billion a year, experts warn today. And your stars for 2013... Free Inside, part two of astrologer Laurie Reed's guide to what's in store for your family, health and career. Wow, in the stars? Really? The, what, you can predict the future? What a load of old tosh. Shall we have a look at mine? load of old guff this is. Gemini. Um, what will 2013 hold for your family? Like actress Joan Collins, you've given yourself a hefty schedule for next year and there's a good deal of personal growth likely to take place. Travel, work, health and social life. Oh, this is Gemini, by the way. Could be anything, couldn't it? Travel, but she gets paid for this. Paid actual money, English pounds. Travel, work, health and social life are all areas where you plan to put in effort and energy. Not really. So home and garden aren't priorities just now. However, if your kitchen or bathroom have seen better days, 2013 is the year for upgrading or modernising. We're moving. Style-wise, less is more. So you'll be drawn to that minimalist look. Since your chance to make a lot of money increases this year, you'll have the cash. They said that about me last year. I was going to earn money last year. The worst paid year I've had in ten years. I know, I know. If you want an extension, conservatory, or extra bedroom, autumn looks good. But be sure to take the opinions and interests of, of others on board. Children are likely to make good progress, with July, August and September all enriching times. Memories of loved ones in the past come flooding back in early winter, giving you cause for thought. What a load of old tosh. I tell you what, phone up, I'll read your stars for you. Because it's, there's no one, listen, again, I say this because I know, well, I know we've weeded out the chaff and we only have the wheat listening to this show. There is no one who is stupid. Adeline in Sandy. Hello. You don't believe in the stars, do you? Um, I'm not sure, really. Sorry? Uh, I don't un- understand them enough, actually, to say whether I do or I don't believe in them. Would you, would, hang, well, hang on a minute. You, you think that there's a woman in the newspaper who can predict your future? Um, I think there are people, actually, but I'm not sure whether it's through the stars or whether it's sort of mind-reading. What? Yeah. But who's... Hang on a second. Paul? Paul! <clears throat> Hang on, I had to say there, Adeline. Paul! Yeah, oh, hello, Ian. Okay, how you going? Yeah, uh, where, where, where were you? <laughs> <laughs> I put one of my, my Jack Russell in the toilet because he's a bit inclined. To, when he hears me talking on the phone, he thinks somebody's come to the door. You've you done see, a so. Russell in the toilet? What does that mean? <laughs> well, it just <laughs> shuts him up. <laughs> shuts who up? <laughs> Sorry? Yeah, so, Paul, yes. do you, uh, Adeline believes in mind reading and uh, fortune telling. Do you believe in that? Um, well, I would think I'll take it with a little bit of pinch of salt. Is it something to do with sort of keeping the weight off, or is it, uh, is it nothing to do with that at all? <laughs> <laughs> it's got nothing to do with it, Paul. It's like this... I, I wish I'd stuck with you, Adeline. Who'd have thought you'd be the most sensible one in this conversation? <laughs> right, let's, let's deal with you one at a time. Adeline, what have you called in for, my dear? What have I called in for? Well, you said... Yes. Well, well and anybody who oh, is listening... You're kind. Please ring in. Um, is anybody there? And I'm just ringing in to say, yes, well, I'm listening thank to thank goodness for that, Adeline, because <laughs> I was worried. I was worried there's only people like Paul listening. Uh, are things really very quiet this morning? Yeah. <clears throat> it's, are a, they? It's, a bit, it's a bit lonely. It's a bit sad here. Oh, dear. And you are quiet. putting in so much effort. I'm, giving, I'm really giving it everything I've got, Adeline, and I just don't know if it's worth it. No. <laughs> I don't know if it's worth it. <laughs> I'm is sure it, it is. Uh, are, you, are, you, are you enjoying it? Well, yeah, 
Yes, I, I'm going to see my son today and my grandchildren for oh, nice. New Year's Day. How old, um, how old are the grandkids? Um, one is seven and one is nine. You're going to be exhausted by the end of it. Uh, we had a lovely Christmas with them. It really was magical. Christmas um, is fun when kids are involved. Christmas because... Did you have a good Christmas, Paul? Um, yeah, very nice, yes. Yes, I saw my two grandchildren. They came over and, uh, had a chat with my daughter in Australia, so that was rather nice. Right, listen, to travel and news can wait, for goodness sakes, because you two are far more interesting. Paul, what was the, the worst Christmas present you got? Oh, right, uh, that's a good question. Come Probably on. a bone from the dogs, I think, when they try to hide it. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to <laughs> picture that image. Adeline, what was the worst, Adeline, what was the worst present you got? Yeah. Um, well, I only got one present, actually, oh. and it was a present that I asked for, because, oh. um, I've got a son who's in Cape Town, Yeah. so I don't see him, unfortunately. Oh. I might see him next year, yeah. or if I go over to Cape Town this year, I shall see him, but, yeah. um... <clears throat> Sending presents over from Cape Town is a little bit difficult because they often don't arrive. No. Sending, um, sending presents from London is difficult, they don't arrive. <laughs> so, my other son said to me, what would I like for Christmas? And I said, I would just like an up-to-date photograph of the children. Oh. That's all that I ever really want, because I have see. everything that I need. There we go. Adeline, listen, we have to end it there. Paul, thank you so much for calling in. OK, thank you. Ta-ta. Oh. Well, that's broken my heart. Thank you, Adeline. Thank you, Paul. Call 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. In Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up on the show. I say lots, I'm lying. Not a lot. But, no, there's enough. There's enough. What I'm saying is, if you want to give us a call, just to say hello and let us know that it's worth us being here on New Year's Day. 08459 455 555. A couple of things we're talking about. Um, w- what are you glad to see the back of? Now that 2012 has ended, what are you glad to see the back of? For me, the Olympics, Savile and Leveson. I enjoyed them all for a while, various ways, uh, but I've, I'm sick to the back teeth of all three of them now. And we'll be playing some bits of some highlighting, uh, some uh, Olympic achievements of 2012 in a bit. And then I'm hoping that that's it. We can say, well done, congratulations, goodbye. And what are you looking forward to in 2013? I'm moving house and it's my boy's third and first birthdays this month. All of that this month. Wow, what a January. 08459 455555 uh, is the telephone number. Now, it's been a night of celebrating for many people across beds, hearts and bucks. Always one of the busiest nights of the year for our emergency services. Gavin Hughes-Rowlands is the Chief Inspector of Bedfordshire Police. Morning, Gavin. Good morning, Lee. Happy New Year. There you've done to you, Susa. How did it go last night? Busy? It, it was busy as expected, Lee. Um, fortunately, we, we were well prepared for it and we had plenty of resources to be able to deal with any eventuality and keep everybody as safe as possible. What are the kind of things you had to deal with last night? It's very similar to uh, a general Friday, Saturday night, uh, what we would term as nighttime economy issues. Uh, they tend to be alcohol-related in the main, and, uh, and last night really was just a, a slightly busier version than a, than a Friday or a Saturday night that we would see normally. I was driving in this morning, Gavin, at half past four, quarter to five, there were, there were people staggering home off their faces and all kinds of drugs and booze and things. It was like being in a zombie film. 
Uh, well, they, they do tend to drink later these days. Do they? And that, that, that is one of the issues that we have to face as a service, that, that the uh, licensing uh, hours now are, are a lot more drawn out and give us uh, plenty to do over a longer period during the evenings. When these um, youngsters cracked up and boost up, see police on New Year's Eve, are they kind of fr- is there kind of a friendly atmosphere or do they give you a little bit of argy-bargy? I think that's that, that's that's very subjective, really. Right. Um, generally speaking, uh, um, we would we would get uh, a friendly reaction, and I think that's down to Good. the individuals and how they handle yeah. their alcohol, really. And I wouldn't like to to, to label young people no. as always being uh, uh, opposed to the police. And uh, there are certain evenings that we will that we will police the town centres in the county, and we'll, we will have a very good and uh, friendly type of atmosphere. Good. I'm I'm, I'm glad because I, I, I've got a lot of respect for the police, and I I, I don't like it when you see idiots shout and abuse of them. Is, is New Year's Eve a night that you kind of dread? Do you all look at each other and go, oh, blimey, we've got to go and do this again? No, no I wouldn't say so. I think uh, it's a sort of policing that a lot of people join for. They like, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the atmosphere being part of people's celebrations. Uh, generally speaking, it's quite enjoyable for officers. Of course, I'm sure there are a number of us that would prefer to be out celebrating with everybody else, but it's uh, the nature of the job we're paid to do to protect the public, and uh, a lot of people really uh, get enthused by that within the service. Gavin, a couple of questions. I'm going to put you on the spot here. A couple of questions we're asking our listeners. Now that 2012 is over, what are you glad to see the back of, and what are you looking forward to personally in 2013? Well, I'm not so sure that I'm glad to see the back of anything, to be honest with you, Ian, but what we're looking forward to and and, uh, and what we we really strive to achieve here in Bedfordshire is is making do or making more with less and that uh, we're really working hard as a service to try and provide the the, the people and the communities of Bedfordshire a top-rate policing service. We've really improved over the last year uh, as far as our performance against other force areas. Uh, We're detecting more crime. We're reducing more crime, we're keeping people in Bedfordshire safer and we're doing it all with a lot less and uh, we're really proud of that in Bedfordshire Police and we're hoping to continue that continue that through to 2013. Sir, I salute you and the boys thank, and the girls. Thank you very much. It's Gavin Hughes-Rowland, who is the Chief Inspector of Bedfordshire Police. Text 81333. Start your message with 3CR. Text charged at the standard network rate. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Go on, give us a call. I'll read out your stars, according to Laurie Reed from the Daily Express. She's an astrologer. It's a load of old tosh, really, isn't it? It's a huge industry, though. People pay fortunes for this kind of stuff. Well, you, look, they've got these pound fifty premium rate lines. Psychic services, live destiny, live, lo- uh, live love and relationships, live medium, live tarot, text. Uh, it just, it's, a load of, it's a load of old tosh. And I cannot believe that in 2012 there's anybody that believes this. If you do, if you want to defend it, we should get Russell Grant on one day. He's, he's good valley, Russell Grant. I, I sort of know him to say hello to. Because he obviously do- believes in all this nonsense. And he's very convincing. He's very convincing. But it's rubbish. It is rubbish. You cannot... Te- you cannot determine what someone is going to be like and what the future holds for them because they were born on March the 18th. You can't do it. It's a nonsense. The other newspapers. The, I, t- I said that we'd talk about the Daily Mail. And this is, a, this is cracking. I love, I love the mail. Comedians guzzle wine and egg each other on to trade obscene jokes about the Queen, Philip and Susan Boyle. 
Channel 4 and the sick show they call comedy. And the comedians, Jimmy Carr, Jack Whitehall and James Corden. You kind of know what you're going to get with them. And it, you kind of know what you're going to get on Channel 4. A primetime Channel 4 quiz in which drunken comedians made obscene jokes about the Queen has outraged viewers. The Big Fat Quiz of 2012, which featured countless vile sexual jokes, was broadcast on Sunday, only seconds after the 9pm watershed. So, right, a few things. We know who's in it, we know the kind of acts they do. It's on Channel 4, we know the kind of programmes they show. And it was after the watershed. Whether, whether it was seconds after the watershed or not, it was after the watershed. The pre-recorded show, presented by controversial comedian Jimmy Carr, also featured puerile remarks about sprinter Usain Bolt, President Obama and singer Susan Boyle. Last night, TV watchdog Ofcom confirmed it had already received complaints. How many complaints? Be more now that this is on the front page of the Daily Mail. Nice one. You see what they're doing here? It's another Jonathan Ross, Russell Brown thing they're going for here. Most of the crass humour came from Gavin and Stacey star James Corden and comedian Jack Whitehall, who were seen to drink a bottle of wine each on screen. They were egged on by Jonathan Ross, who lost his job with the BBC after making an abusive phone call to the veteran actor Andrew Sachs during a radio show. Now, they've got some of the jokes here. I don't think I can read any of them. Just checking. I can't read any of them. But I... I no, don't worry, I can't. I won't. Well, no, hang on, this one I can about the... quick. No, I can't. But I used to present, years and years ago, none of you remember this. Can I do this call? I'll do this call after the news, if that's all right. I used to present a, 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 a late-night comedy show on Channel 4 years ago, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. And we did jokes that were worse than this. That were much worse than this. Much worse than this. I've said much worse things than this. We once got... Um, OK, here's something we did years ago, 13 years ago. Uh, and as I'm saying, remember this because a picture of Princess Diana there. We once got people to eat meat on the street, and then we said it had been processed with the Princess Diana's DNA. Right now, 13 years ago, I was a young man. It was a different world then. Right, much worse than the stuff that you got here. Do, do you agree with the Daily Mail? This ban, this sick filth, or do you think? Oh, come on, we're adults, right? The stuff here, I don't think, is that bad at all. It's, it's schoolboy humour. It's a bit pure. The rude joke about the Queen and Prince Philip, it's not even that rude. It doesn't even use any bad language. What do you think? Are you kind of on the Daily Mail thinking, come on, this, yes, this is right, this has gone too far. Or do you think, well, it's a show with Jack Whitehall, Jimmy Carr, on Channel 4, after 9 o'clock. You know what you're going to get. And shouldn't there be an outlet for that kind of thing? 08459. Four double five five double five is the telephone number uh, if you want to give us a call. Let's get the latest weather now with our weather correspondent. It's Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, it's me. Uh, breezy, feeling colder, but mostly dry. Uh, most places dry with sunny spells today. A few light showers may arrive, but the majority of places will be dry with sunny spells. Uh, breezy, and everywhere will feel noticeably colder than recent days. Maximum temperature is seven degrees. And tonight, dry and clear at first, and a ground frost may form in sheltered location, locations such as Marston Vale. Later cloud will arrive from the west and temperatures will rise a little. See? Not bad. And I didn't get freaked out by the mouse that's looking at me. Chris is hands-free, keeping it legal, on the motorway one near Milton Keynes. Good morning, Chris. 
Good morning. I'm your listener. You are. I knew you were out there somewhere, and it's I'm you. In. Yeah, I'm terribly sorry, but I threw the short straw this morning. Well, <laughs> I see, sir. Aren't you cheeky? But <laughs> Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. It's only the third time I've said it this year. Did you do anything last night, Chris? Work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were you working at midnight, or were you in bed? Uh, yes, I was sort of somewhere middle of France. You're in the middle of France? Just beginning at the 17th Heathrow, so... Oh, OK, I see. Like job. Oh, I see, yeah, very, very <laughs> exciting. So, well, that's, that's kind of quite glamorous, isn't it? No? Glorified uh, bus driver, you mean? Yeah, well, no, not oh. really. Uh, Chris, you listen, very quickly, because it's a terrible line. You yes. sound like a sensible, robust young man. You don't believe in all these, these stars and these horoscopes and all this nonsense, do you? Nope, absolutely not. See, good. I know there'll be some flaky kind of patchouli oil-wearing women out there listening, going, oh, no, but I remember once I had a reading, and it, it, it's all a load of old guff, isn't it? I wouldn't dare comment because of the fact that I might get in trouble. Oh, is, have, you, have you got a missus or someone who's into all this nonsense? Uh, no, but, um, you, you kind of learn to regret some things, and, uh, I, I know that you're desperately trying to get people onto the radio, right, well, I see, and, yeah. I, 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 and the more controversial things that you can say to well. try and upset people, you hoping to get people out of a, uh, sort of, like, early morning slumber, I don't think it's going to work, but... Well, things, no, gonna say, things to say goodbye to is the rain from last year. The, yes, well, that'll be nice. A little, and, uh, a little bit of dry. Uh, things to look, and things to look forward to, well, next year's host by Yes, Chris, we look forward to that. Thank you very much indeed. I'm not saying it's be controversial. There's nothing controversial in saying the stars are a load of our guff. It's fact. It's factual fact. It is, it's rubbish, isn't it? Look. Home and family life jog along through 20... This is Capricorn. Home and family life jog along through 20... Are you a Capricorn? Listen up, because this is you. Home and family life jog along through 2013. Youngsters are engaging while older offspring may have news of special achievements. However old they are, your children make you proud. A sentiment shared by actor and fellow Capricorn John Travolta. What? Of course your children make you proud. They're your children. And by the way, that wasn't Capricorn, that was Aquarius. So if you're a Capricorn nodding going, well, actually, that fits me. It's Aquarius. It's a load of old tosh. Oh, wait, 459. 455. 555 is the telephone number. Uh, if you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome. Now, this summer, Britain was gripped with Olympic and Paralympic fever. Don't worry, there is a cure. I am the cure. London 2012 was the biggest sporting spectacle this country has ever seen, and we had plenty to cheer on in beds, hearts and bugs. One of the memorable moments came when Greg Rutherford won gold on Super Saturday. Earlier we heard all about Greg's build-up to that special night in August, and we pick up the story after he's made his second jump in the Olympic Stadium. Luke Ashmead reports. Here's another Jeff on the line. Morning, Jeff Pets. Good morning, Ian. What can I do for you this morning, sir? You're, you're, you're very perky. What's happening? <laughs> we're, um, we're, I'm from the Lee and Ignald, uh, Ramblers group. OK. And uh, we're having a walk from Dunstable Downs, the visitor centre. Yeah. Starting at 10 o'clock. Yeah. It's a lovely day. It's a six-mile walk. What? Six miles. What? Can, I ask, can, miles. I, ask you, can I ask you a question, sir? It's a short one. What, why on earth are you doing that? Is there, is there nothing on TV? Did you not get any DVD box sets for Christmas? Because we, we like walking. Oh, my goodness. We like goodness. being out in the air. The sun's coming up. Yeah. You, you say we. How many of you are, are there going to be? Well, last year, uh, there was about 40 people turned up. Right. 
So this year, we're hoping, with, um, with it going out on the radio, we might have a few more. Ooh, you want, so, so anyone can turn up for this, can they? They can, so give, yeah. so give us the time and the location to meet again. OK, it's uh, Dunstable Downs Visitor Centre. Yep. The walk starts, um, pretty much on time at ten o'clock. Yeah, no, we don't want any slacking. Did you get no, there no, early? Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely no. not. Uh, there is a parking charge, um, oh. unless you're a member of the, um, the, the uh, I'm just trying to think, the, um... What? The Parkers Association. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Anyway, they're, they're, I think there's a parking charge of two pounds. Ah! Um, Nothing we'll these be days. Back, we'll be back around, um... 1pm. Okay, now, d- d- suppose it was, d- does anyone, a six mile walk, that sounds to me ridiculously long. What, 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 what equipment would I need, Jeff, if I were to consider this madness? Well, um, today I would recommend, in view of the, 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 the rough weather that we've had, yep. um, some walking boots. Some walking boots? S- stout boots, yes. Kendall mint cake, a flare gun? A raft? I don't think you'll need Kendall mint cake. Okay. But I do have some, if anybody wants <laughs> Of course you do, Jeff! <laughs> how long have... Uh, here we go. Um, how long have you been walking for? Oh, uh... Ever since I was born, I guess. Well, no, hang on, not since you were born. <laughs> no, don't, because I've got a good gag here. Go on, give me, give me a leg. Jeff, how long have you been walking for? Uh... Oh, ever since I was born. You must be really tired. <laughs> huh? Come on, listen, it's, it's not even eight o'clock yet. I'm, I'm not working. That's, that's good for New Year's it's, Day. It's not bad, is it? I can, we, we, we'll, we'll get better by June. But why, why rambling, Jeff? What do you get out of it? Um, we get uh, exercise. We get... Um, we've made numerous new friends since we've been doing it, seriously, from... I suppose we've been doing it for about 12, 13 years now. Yeah. With our local group. Um... And, um, uh, we're also doing the, 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 the coast-to-coast walk, um, five of us. Well, hang on a minute, well, what's the coast-to-coast walk? Suddenly from, I'm interested, go Rob- on. Robin Hood's Bay, yeah. in, in, um, in Yorkshire, yeah. across to some bees in Cumbria. How long is that going to take? Three miles. How long will that take? Well, we've done, we've done about, um, uh, we've, we've, I suppose we've got about, 45, 50 miles to do. Oh, so you don't, you don't do it all in one big go? Well, you can. Oh. It takes, takes about 14 days to do it all in oh, one go. Lie me. I know. Well, Jeff, listen, have a, have a good walk, be safe, enjoy yourself. Okay. And don't forget to shut the gates after you, okay? Uh, of course. Good lad, country Jeff. Country code and all yeah, that. The country know? code. Jeff Petz, thank you very much indeed. He's going for a long walk today. If you want to join him, feel free to. I shall be having a dose. I will. I will. And I really admire and I respect people who can do things like that. And Jeff sounds like a wonderful person. And I'm sure it's going to be great fun. I will actually be in bed reading two chapters from my Pete Townsend autobiography and then having a dose. That's my day. That's my start of the year as you mean to go on. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, here until nine o'clock. Then it's uh, David Prever in for Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Coming up in the next hour of the show, there are calls for a doctor to be appointed to oversee obesity care at every hospital trust. We'll tell you about a programme to treat obese pregnant women at Bedford Hospital. In America, politicians have struck a deal to head off a series of tax rises and spending cuts. In the next hour, we'll find out how it will affect our economy here in the UK. And what's your favourite number two song? A new poll has found Ultravox Vienna... Uh, Ultravox's Vienna is the greatest track to miss out on a number one slot. 08459 455 555. 
BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, a new report says that inadequate provision there is an inadequate provision to treat obese patients in the NHS. The Royal College of Physicians says a doctor should be appointed to oversee obesity care at every hospital trust. It comes as Bedford Hospital has started a programme to help pregnant women manage their weight. It says a fifth of pregnant women being treated at the hospital are obese. Well, Professor John uh, Wass is uh, from the Royal College of Physicians. Professor, have I got your name right there? John Wass, that's Wass, right. thank you very much. Why is obesity care not up to scratch? Well, it's very patchy, that's what we say, so that 37% of the population have uh, recourse to a multidisciplinary group of people who can look after them, but the rest don't. Uh, And what we want to do is to lead from the front, really, and as the medical profession and as the College of Physicians in particular, to actually get these uh, units set up where they don't currently exist. And as you said in your introduction, the other bit of it is actually to make sure that there are obesity champions in each trust in in the country, and we are aiming to get 80 percent of trusts with an obesity champion by the end of the year so that's what we want to do so that we can plan uh, and care for people who have an obesity problem and this hasn't really been looked at properly before what would you say to those people john who who say uh, genetic problems and uh, uh, food addictions aside look come on just walk more eat less why should why should our tax be paying to help obese people Well, if it was as simple as that, some other country on the planet would have solved the problem, but the fact is that they haven't. Uh, And so it it is multifarious, that is, it's genetic elements to it. If you've got overweight parents, you're more likely to be overweight yourself. Then there's the business of unhealthy eating, then there's the business of exercise. I'm afraid there are many different causes, uh, and the problem is that the prevention hasn't really solved the problem at the moment. I think we need to address the issue with children and make sure that they're properly screened and that their parents are warned uh, and take action as necessary but um, we haven't solved the problem and those are some of the ways in which we can. So this report calls for a doctor to be appointed to oversee obesity care uh, in every hospital trust. Absolutely. What what exactly would that that role be how would that work that's a very important point actually and what it is is to actually be protagonistic to uh and look after patients who have an obesity problem giving them diet and exercise and so on and these treatments work to liaise with the community to liaise with general practitioners then to liaise with the local authorities and so on to actually make sure that there is uh uh, you know healthy food outlets around the place and so on so it's it's quite a difficult role Mm. it's something which we're going to evolve and we're going to write a sort of job plan so we can send this round to trusts but it is uh, a, a number of different things in in order to address what the problem is i've done uh, phone-ins john on obesity before and we we get always get lots of callers who are obese phoning up saying leave us alone i'm i'm completely happy with the way i am i know the health implications but just stop banging on about it Okay, well, I mean, we live in a democratic society and that's a perfectly legitimate point of view. I think we need to make sure that people are properly educated so that if you lose 10 kilograms in weight and that's not that much, then you decrease your chance of diabetes. If you eat 100 calories less a day, that's a third of a tuna sandwich, you'll lose half a kilogram of weight per month Um, and uh, your life expectancy goes down by five years. If you know all these things and you take that on board, that's perfectly fine with me. The fact 
fact is that actually a large number of people want to have treatment of their obesity and sometimes can't easily get it. And that's actually com interestingly commoner in women. Men often are happy with where they are, uh, but women less often so. Professor, thank you very much. Professor John Moss from the Royal College of Physicians, 08459 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. We just have an email, look at this, that uh, Louise Parry has forwarded on to me from, uh, from Doug. Listening to the subject, listening in Australia. Good day, Ian. I'm travelling around Australia and I listen to you every afternoon when I've finished working on the farm. So don't start giving 60%, you lazy pommy. Are you really listening in Australia? That's my... G -g -do -g -give phone up Australia now, for goodness sakes. Get, get Doug from Australia on the line. That's incredible. Suddenly it knocks Arizona into a cocked hat, doesn't it? Really. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Open to phone calls from around the world. Now, is there a song that never hit the top spot which should have done? That's the question the public were asked in an online poll to mark the 60th anniversary of the singles charts. And it was Ultravox's Vienna, which we played earlier on, named as the greatest track to narrowly miss out on a number one slot. Well, Martin Talbot is the managing director of the official charts company. Morning, Martin. Good morning, there. But, but a lot of people will be surprised that, that Vienna uh, didn't get to number one. Yes, and I think that's one of the things that comes through this entire list, actually. I and mean, when we embarked on this particular um, adventure to, to, to find out what the nation's favourite number two single was... Um, I looked, we looked at the list, and it's quite extraordinary, some of the records that didn't make number one. You know, Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks, Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields by The Beatles. Well, that's, that's the, the, the one that I, I constantly forget, as a huge Beatles fan, that Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields, was held off uh, the number one spot by Engelbert Humperdinck. Indeed, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, that's, that's, that's part of this, really, is, is that, you know, over, this, over the last year, celebrating 60 years of the singles chart, we've celebrated all the number ones and the million-selling singles and, you know, the biggest selling singles artists of all time but what we what we wanted to do was was kind of throw the spotlight on some of the some of the great pop injustices you know the, the great the great records the artists who had who had who had hits with records which were you know bridesmaids not the brides you know runner runners up you know the well, the, the, the also runs martin you, some you, of them are classics you say pop injustice let's be let's be honest though vienna was held off of the number one spot by one of the greatest pop songs of all time well, of course, Joe Dolce... Um, Shut up, up your face. face. <laughs> yeah, is, a, is an absolute classic of its time, isn't it? Um, yeah, indeed. And I think that's one of the reasons why, um, why people still remember that, that, that particular battle. Yeah. You know, the fact that Vienna never quite got there. And, I'll, I, you know, I'll, I can be... I can reveal to you that Midjur, I mean, he still... It, is, it still hurts. It still hurts does him, it, the fact does that he really? might get there. Yeah, we spoke to him last oh, year bless. about, 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 um, about Band-Aid, which is one of the biggest selling singles of all time, of course, yeah. and, and, and which, he, which he wrote. And, um, which he and wrote, and people forget that as well, you see. It. He might, if I were him, I'd be bitter about that, being forgotten <laughs> it, that he wrote did. that. Indeed, but but you know the fact that his band Ultravox missed out on their big opportunity to be number one by by a novelty record, yeah. a record which which you know was, is not really held up in great esteem by by uh, by serious musicians. Um, it definitely definitely still hurts. There's some interesting ones. Number two, again, th now this is a surprise to me. Uh, the Pogues featuring Kirsty McCall, uh, Fairy Tale of New York, didn't get to number one. It was number two. 
Indeed, indeed, and and you know what? That that's a very it's a very unusual record that because you know it it, it got to number two in 1987, but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a big seller. It did, it did about 300,000 copies, I think, that year um, or around that time, and um, and it is slowly over a period of time, con- you know, just continued to sell, and mm. and particularly in the digital era as well. Uh, you know, it, it's it's taken on a new lease of life. I mean, we announced only a, only a day or so ago that 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 record has become the 100. 126th um, million selling single in, in, in UK chart history. Um, and it's got there because, you know, it's now selling as, as, as many copies as it, as it ever has done, really. I mean, it'll, it'll, in 2012, it sold about 115,000 copies. In 2011, it did over 100,000. Sorry, it's done what? six. It's done 600,000 600, single sales in the last eight years. So, the last two couple of years, it's done over 100,000 each year? That's insane. It is incredible. Good isn't for it? them. Uh, exactly, and it's uh, and, you know it's it's the way that music has changed here in the UK, where digital music is uh, it, 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 the singles chart and the singles market is entirely digital now. It's all about downloads, and what it, what that means is that any record that has ever been released effectively is available for people to buy, and that and it, it, it means that you know whereas you know. Ten years ago and before, once a record had, had outlived its kind of natural life, you couldn't then buy it as a single. Now those records are now available again, and 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 they've taken on a new lease of life. My friend had a top twenty um, uh, hit in the iTunes country chart because the iTunes country chart doesn't sell any records at all. It's always Glen Campbell. Um, Rhinestone Cowboys in there, uh, and he sold something like eighty-seven copies of a single that he'd written, and it got to, it got to number eighteen in the charts. Yes, I, I mean, obviously, you're talking about one particular retailer. Of course, yes. Um, and I think, you know, it, there, there, is a, there is this myth that goes around that, you know, the, the singles market isn't as big as it, as, as it once was. Well, actually... It could, that couldn't be further from the truth. Really, I mean, we're going through we're going through a massive boom time now for singles. You know, as represented by downloads. Um, I mean, the biggest year for single sales ever pre-digital was back in the late seventies, when you know, around the kind of punk and disco era, when ninety million singles were sold in about nineteen seventy nine, I think it was. Um, well, this year there will be around one hundred eighty million singles sold Excellent. in the UK, um, and it's now harder to get into the top forty than it has been for for thirty years. I mean, you have to sell more copies to get into the into the top 40 singles chart now than you than you ever have done in the in the kind of you know the the noughties and the, uh, the 90s right the way going back to the 80s well, that's so good that's good to hear because i was worried that the charts were were dying and it's good that, y- y- that there is still a little bit of life breathing in them yeah that, i mean absolutely i mean they are they are still incredibly popular amongst those people who buy chart music and you know chart music has you know, traditionally, always been bought by you know young people, by teenagers, and by people in their early twenties, and 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 that that is the case today. I mean, on average, last year in two thousand and twelve, you had to sell about hundred thousand copies to get to number one, and you know that's a that's a very healthy number. You know, in in the historic context of uh, of the singles market and the, and the singles charts. Martin, so, um, Martin, roughly, so yeah. roughly, how old are you, sir? <laughs> Are you, I, I, I'm in my I'm in my mid forties. Good. Okay. So I'm, I, I'm I'm approaching forty this year. L- listen, the singles charts may be doing really well, but listen, music's not as good as it used to be, is it? Well, come on, Martin, don't tow the company line. Come on. Well, no, no. You know, you know what? You know what? I mean, I 
I mean, I, I sat up last night, New Year's Eve, yeah. um, watching one of those, you know, those video channels with all the videos of the last 12 months yeah. being played in front of me. And there's been some fantastic tunes over the last kind of, you know, year, two, two years. I mean, pop music is pop music. Yeah. And it will always appeal to, uh, to be honest, if it was designed for people like me, it'd be, this would be a very boring world indeed. You're right, Martin. Listen, we've got to end it there. Thank you very much. Martin Talbot, the Managing Director of the Official Charts Company. Now, we often forget that the places we live in are, are steeped in history. Beds and Luton Archives were the first country record office in the country, and this year they're celebrating their 100th birthday. Nigel Luck joins me now. Morning, Nigel. Good morning. Tell me, what does the archive service do? Well, we look after historic and administrative records for the entire county, um, dating back to 1166. That's our earliest document. But we're equally interested in modern material, providing it's of um, um, good um, historical interest. What's, what's the document from 1166? That is the first Bedford Borough Charter. And what does it say? Well, it, um, it um, defines the rules for things like the local market and, and all the... the um, um, legal rules enshrined in, in the local borough. And how do you... I, I love all stuff like this, Nigel. I, I, I'm quite geeky when it comes to things like this. How do you... Is it, is it written on paper? How do you preserve something like that? Um, well, something like that is um, on parchment. Right. And um, our storage, um, we make sure we keep it in the, in the uh, relevant conditions mm. um, for, for temperature, humidity, and so on. And uh, we've been doing that for the last century, looking after documents... But, of course, um, we started um, 100 years ago, as you know, and it's been quite a, a long road since then. Yeah. The story starts in 1898 when Bedfordshire County Council formed a records committee looking after the records created by the council. Yes. Uh, but things only took off when uh, George Herbert Fowler, our founding father, um, took over as chairman of the records committee in 1913. And he was an extraordinary man of a uh, multi-talented, I think you could say. Right. Not only was he, uh, his career was actually as a marine zoologist, which is quite surprising, but he was also a skier, skater and local historian. Oh, he's one of those know-it-alls that's good at everything, Nigel. Yes. I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel rubbish. <laughs> well, multi-talented, but quite a difficult personality in some oh. ways, as I think you need to be in some ways to, uh, to make progress. Yes. And from the moment he took over... Um, as head of the records committee, things started. Mm. And um, in the first six months, he persuaded the committee and the council to appoint a clerk of records, fireproof the strong room, introduced um, records management um, to classify the records and keep them in decent order, introduced search room rules for people visiting to use the records, uh, set up a deposit agreement to enable the service to take in new deposits of records. So he laid the foundations and the models for local authority record offices everywhere. And so we are the first of a network of, of local record offices. And uh, the story progressed from there. And so all of, how, many doc, how many records would you say you have? Do you, do you know exactly? Not really. It's, it would be something in the millions. Wow. But we have, um, I think, four kilo five kilometres. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So we, we can't uh, really count, count them all. So I, I'm guessing that there's, if you can't count them all, there must be stuff that you don't know that you've got in there oh, somewhere. Oh, no, we, we do know we've you've got, got it. You've got it all right, it, logs. It's all listed. The idea is when we take in records, we issue receipts, um, we log what we've got, and then we, we catalogue it. Mm. Each piece or bundle of items has um, an individual class mark, uh, and then we put those lists 
online and sometimes we put an image of the um, in re- some cases we put images of the documents right. as well but that's comparative so the, the, the oldest thing you've got is 1166 what's the do, do you know what the most recent one is you took in i don't offhand but it's probably something of 2011 2012 so we're not just interested in pure age that's mm. not interested it's the quality of information and what do you do? What, who comes to look at these records? What kind of people come in and ask to have a little nose around? It's about 3,000 people a year. The number has been going down because so much more is available online. About 50, 60% of them are doing family his, history. Right. Uh, many of your listeners will be uh, familiar with the TV programme Who Do You Think You Are? and mm. which celebrities um, look into Oh, it's, it's very popular now, isn't it? Yes, all of those things, yes. And every time there's a series of that, more people come in to use the archive. So about 50, 60% doing family history, but then we get a, a wide variety of uh, students. And um, we're not just um, a minor part of the leisure industry. It's not all fun and games. We get people coming in doing serious legal research, looking at things like... Uh, investigating boundaries and we can also help with them research topics as prosaic as looking for a local building plan there we go for example if you have a a house built um if you own a property built in bedford borough after 1864 we can probably find the building plan for that property wonderful and and so much of it influenced by legislation but to move on to our activities for the yes your your centenary Mm. year how are you celebrating nigel right well Probably the easiest way for your listeners to find out what we're doing is to go to our website, which is www.bedford.gov.uk archive events. I'll repeat that. www.bedford.gov.uk archive events. Lovely. And um, we're funded by the three local authorities, Bedford Borough Council, Central Beds Council and Luton Borough. And we're having activities in each area. What kind of activities are you having, Nigel? Right. Um, we've got two major exhibitions. Firstly, at Wardown Park Museum, Luton, from the 22nd of March to 23rd of uh, June. And then the other major ex- exhibition is at um, the newly refurbished um, the Higgins Museum, Bedford, which will be open by then. That goes from the 12th of October 2012 to the, uh, 2013 to the 5th of January 2014. And uh, along with those exhibitions, we have um, other events like Come Along and Meet the Archivist and and, um, um, talks and things like that. And then for the central beds area, we had to adopt a different approach because um, there isn't a a museum there. So what we are doing is we are sending out an exhibition on a tour of all the local libraries. And on the 23rd of May, as... um, as a, a fun event, we are having a fundraising quiz in conjunction with the Marston Vale Community Ooh, Centre. Yes. 23rd of uh, 23rd I'm of I'm good at quizzes, Nigel. I won Mastermind once. <laughs> I did. I won Mastermind. You did? Yeah, I did. I did. Oh, right. I really did, yes. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I, I just, I'm just saying, if there's a quiz going on, I, I could be down there. Well, and we're, in, we're interested in having teams from, from all kinds of societies and institutions. It's not just going to be heavyweight academic stuff. It's going to be fun and light-hearted, and we're hoping to get, um, ooh, something like 30 teams of six, with any luck. So okay. it, uh, uh, well, Nigel, listen, have a fantastic uh, new year, and have a fantastic se- uh, centenary year. It sounds wonderful, uh, and keep up the good work. That's Nigel Lut- uh, Lutz there from the uh, Beds and Luton Archives. Uh, it all sounds, d- 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 sounds like fun, doesn't it? I love all stuff like that. I love stuff like that. I do. My wife... Whenever we, uh, we're moving to a new area, and whenever we've moved to an area, 
I always go and buy. You know, you get these little local historical books that are written by local authors, and it's like it, it's like the last hundred and fifty years of that place. And they're all like self-published vanity titles. I go and buy as many of those as I can find. And my wife is always, like, well, why why are you buying those? I said, I, I want to know about the area that we're living in. I want to know the history. I want to know how many people were murdered in the eighteen hundreds. I want to know where where the local um, lynch mob. I want to know everything. I find all that stuff very very exciting. Oh wait, four five nine, four double five, five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call here until nine o'clock, uh, and then um, David Prever will be in for Jonathan Vernon Smith, who uh, is, is, is was very very tipsy on Twitter last night. Oh, he was tipsy on Twitter, sending everybody drunken tweets. Embarrassing, really. Anyway, the front page of the newspapers. Um, the Daily Telegraph. Uh, b- neglectful Britain. This is this story again. The neglectful Britons blamed for forcing elderly into care homes. Um, Britain has become a neglectful society where the elderly are driven into care homes unnecessarily because they lack support from their families and communities, the care minister has complained. Listen to this. Norman Lamb told the Daily Telegraph that older people were being let down by their friends and neighbours who should help them live independently at home. It's not always possible, Norman Lamb. Stop trying to save money. It's not always possible. How dare you make a sweeping judgment of friends and neighbours and family um, because people are going into care homes costing you money. They're not costing you, you money. We're paying for it. And also, why should a neighbour... Why should a neighbour... Do you know, if someone is elderly and is suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's or, or struggling to walk around, of course neighbours should help out. Of course they should. But they can't give them the proper commitment and care that's required to keep them in their home. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I'll pop round and take my neighbour a cup of tea. I'll I'll, uh, bake them a cake. I won't bake them a cake. I'll buy them a cake or something every now and then. But I'm not going to go around every single day, cook their meals, wash them. Local councils needed to help rebuild neighbourly resilience to stop pensioners leading dismal, lonely lives, he said. Well, I'll agree with that which would also reduce the burden on the state, here we go, by avoiding the need for as many people to move into residential care. There we go. That's, that's what it's about. It's about saving money so the government don't have to spend... You do, I tell you what, you, look, you do it, you do it, and then we, the government, we haven't got to spend any money. That's the, no, 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 you do it, and then we haven't got to spend any money. Because you're not caring. Unbelievable. Uh, we all have a part to play, says Mr Lamb. In this way, we can make the system sustainable, and it can be a more decent society a less neglectful society than we sometimes experience where we just expect the state to do everything. Yeah, I tell you what we expect. We expect I expect the state to look after our elderly and our vulnerable. That's what I expect. And I don't think that's too much to expect, is it? I expect the state to look after our elderly and our vulnerable people. That's not too much to expect, is it? Am I, am I being outrageous by thinking that? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, uh, five, double, five. Uh, the Times, the deadly divide, funding gap opens in cancer research for men and women. Let's, I think we, we missed the sun earlier on, and uh, there's a very, very important uh, story on the front page of the sun that I really wanted to get to. No, there is, actually. Kim, I'm carrying Kanye's kitty. Yeah, Kim Kardashian, who I, I, don't, I don't really know who she is. She's got a big bum. That's it. That's all I know, and was on telly. Is um, going out with Kanye West. I know him. He's a, um, a rap singer, and she is having his child. She refor- reportedly fell pregnant following a visit to the Vatican. What? After Kanye, thirty-five, took her to Rome for her thirty-second birthday. Well, that's the f- that's the front page. 
32. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 32. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, she's 32. Yeah, 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 she's 32. That's the front page of uh, one of your newspapers, the biggest selling newspaper in the country, thinks that a woman who I don't know who she is and a rap singer who's not had a hit for quite a long time, they're having a baby, is the biggest news that there is. Wowzers. Text 81333. Start your message with 3CR. Text charged at the standard network rate. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. <clears throat> Seeing Lee here until nine o'clock. Ah, dear. Coming up uh, in the last 25 minutes of the show... By the way, you can give us a call at any point. 08459 five, is, is anybody on the side of the Daily Mail? Uh, their shock and outrage at this uh, show featuring Jimmy Carr and Jack Whitehall that was on just seconds after the watershed. So, after the watershed, then. That's what the watershed is. It is not like you have degrees of after the watershed. It's either before the watershed, 9 o'clock, or it's after the watershed, 9 o'clock. Then you can kind of get away with what you want. They made rude jokes. They weren't even that rude. If anybody agrees with the Daily Mail, 08459 455555. Coming up, we'll be uh, finding out how a deal agreed by politicians in America to stop tax rises and spending cuts will affect our economy in the UK. And we'll also be doing our own version of Ten Lords Are Leaping by speaking to a Morris dancer. No, I don't know either. I've, listen, I've just turned up. I've just turned up today, I've got no idea what's going on. We will find out together, hand in hand, before nine o'clock. If you want to give us a call, 08459 455 555, The Daily Express. The Express and the Mail are fast becoming my um, uh, favourite uh, newspapers. They, they are, they're just wonderful. They're just wonderful. The Daily Express partly because of this, this nonsense. Your stars for 2013. Free and s- Is there anybody who's out and about? Right. And walks past a news agent and goes, ooh. The Express have got your stars for 2013. I wonder if, uh, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to buy that and read that. No one reads it, do they? And actually takes it seriously. Load of old. If you want me to read your stars, I will do. I'm happy to. 08459 555. The Daily Express's front page. Bulging Britain's fatness epidemic. Britain is facing an obesity epidemic costing £5 billion a year. Experts warn today. A shocking report has highlighted the true toll, I can never say toll, 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 of the nation's unhealthy lifestyles as the numbers class as chronically obese saw, putting a huge strain on the NHS. This is the story that we've been talking about a lot this morning. Doctors, uh, doctors leaders today warn that Britain is getting bigger and the health service must step up to the challenge and adapt to the demands of an increasingly obese uh, nation. It does... Bl- <laughs> It does break my heart when you see big kids. I don't mean like, you know, there's always been big kids, but I mean like proper big kids. And you think, what on earth are their parents thinking? Ah, oh, dear me. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, the bo- Bond makes a killing as film rakes in £100 million. Am I the only person in the country that hasn't seen the new James Bond film yet? I think I might be. I'm kind of waiting for them to show it on ITV on a Saturday night. When's that, how far off are we from that? Skyfall, the new James Bond film, has become the first movie to take more than £100 million at the UK box office. The blockbuster became a record-breaker in the year. The 007 movies celebrated their 50th anniversary. Globally, it has taken more than $1 billion. I'm the only person, I think, that hasn't seen that film. Have you seen it? 
Have you seen the sky? No, no, maybe, maybe it's just us then. Maybe we should go out afterwards for a works outing. I'm not going to bed. I'm actually going to go home and go to bed and sleep like a king. Well, after days of negotiations, it seems that American politicians have reached a last-minute deal over the so-called fiscal cliff. The agreement isn't signed yet, but it should stop drastic tax rises and spending cuts due to come into force today. Many economists say if the budget crisis isn't sorted, it could damage the whole global economy, economy including jobs and growth here in Britain. Well, we can get now uh, more from our reporter, James Alexander. Morning, James. Hi, Ian. James, what's the, what's the latest then? Well, technically, America has gone over that fiscal cliff we've been hearing so much about. Um, you're talking about James Bond films. Do you remember the film Thelma and Louise? I do, the yes. Car, they they drove the car over the, the, the end. Yeah. Exactly, over the Grand Canyon. Is, it's a bit like that, what? except uh, unlike the film, they've got a plan to stop them hitting the bottom. Phew. Um, it's now 22, 4 nearly in the morning, US time, New Year's Day. Congress would normally be shut. Lawmakers would normally be home celebrating the new year. Instead, offices are open on Capitol Hill. The lights are burning. Corridors are being paced up and down. Phones are ringing. A deal's been done overnight between the White House and the Republican Party. Well, it feels like the West Wing, James. It's all exciting and proper. It is kind of dramatic, um, this last-minute deal that's been done. Both sides have got a bit of what they want in the classic way of political deal-making. It's a compromise. They've agreed tax increases for the very wealthiest Americans, but they've still not sorted spending cuts. They've been put off for two months. So it, it is a deal, it's not yet a done deal. Yeah, that's right. The deal has been approved by the Senate. This is the upper house of Congress. But it's still got to clear the House of Representatives. They're due to reconvene mid-afternoon UK time. Here's the US Vice President Joe Biden. He's optimistic it will go through. I feel really very, very good about how this vote's going to go. But having been in the Senate as long as I have, there's two things you shouldn't do. You shouldn't predict how the Senate's going to vote before they vote. You won't make a lot of money. And number two, you surely shouldn't predict how the House is going to vote. So the hope is this will be sorted before the world stock markets reopen on Wednesday. It all seems so distant and remote, James. How does this affect me and people in Britain? Yeah, well, America is still the world's biggest economy, even though China is catching it up fast. And there's an old saying you'll know that when America sneezes, the rest of the world catches cold. And there's still some truth to that. We know it's a global economy. It's in a pretty fragile state, let's be honest. And America's recovery has been one of the bright spots, the few bright spots, in 2012. And the fear is that a financial mess in America in 2013 could create a knock-on effect in terms of transatlantic trade for companies in the three counties that do business in the state. If they've got less money, then they don't have money to spend on British goods and services. And more generally, investor confidence meltdown on the global stock markets is really the last thing our economy needs. And this is why they want to get this done and dusted on a public holiday before the markets reopen and give their verdicts tomorrow. Now, away from this story, what's the latest on Hillary Clinton, who's been quite poorly in hospital, hasn't she? Yes, she has. Um, She was taken to hospital after that fall she had last month, Hillary Clinton, America's Secretary of State, wife of Bill Clinton, of course. Um, She's making excellent progress, doctors say. Um, They found a blood clot, Ian, behind her right ear, um, and uh, they're treating her for that. She's said to be in good spirits. Um, She should make, apparently, a full recovery. Doctors say she should be released from hospital soon. Excellent stuff. James, did you spend New Year's stuck in a tiny little sound booth somewhere? 
I'd spent New Year fast asleep, but I heard the fireworks going off and felt very sad and depressed and miserable when I woke up and realised it was midnight. Because obviously I needed to be awake to deliver you the news about the fiscal cliff. I knew, Ian, you were waiting for the update on what had happened. Had America careered over the fiscal cliff? Totally, totally. Listen, uh, we we mentioned it in our headlines earlier on, and we had a guy from Arizona who was listening to the show, and he heard that America hadn't gone over the fiscal cliff through listening to BBC Three Counties, James. See, that shows the global reach yeah. of BBC Three Counties, does it not? That yeah. we are bringing America, Americans, the news about America. Exactly. I just think, can't get used to the fact that, you know, the, the, the cliff I like to hear about at Christmas is the one who sings mistletoe and wine. <laughs> James, All we've heard about is this fiscal cliff. Have you been drinking this morning? I'm merry. I think, like you, I need to go to bed. <laughs> go and have a lie down. James Alexander, thank you very much indeed. BBC in beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC. I've never heard the likes. He's very merry. He's very, very merry. There's a picture in the Express of Wayne Rooney's son, Kai. Well, I mean, seriously. Come on. This is a car, isn't it? Anyway, let's not be rude. He's only a lad. Um... And uh, he, he's on a beach, right, in the Caribbean, so, which, is kind, which is great. Kids, are, and he's got his sunglasses on, superb. He's got his, his top on with his, his sort of hat on. He's protected from the heat and stuff like that, and lovely. But he's sat there, play, he's, on, he's on an iPad. He's, he's doing an iPad on a beach in the Caribbean. How old is this lad? What is he, four? I'm guessing he's four, it doesn't say. He's, he's probably going to be four or something, isn't he? You don't want a four-year-old... Listen, right, you take a four-year-old to a beach, right... Don't give them an iPad. To, to, first of all, the iPad will get sand in it, and that will break, and that is no good at all. But also, make them go on, go off and run, go and run, go and build a sandcastle, go and go, go and go in the sea, go and do something. If you're going to sit there and do nothing, read a book. You know, don't don't just sit there with an iPad for goodness' sakes. Disgusting, shameful behaviour. Not a fan at all. Not a fan. Life's a beach for little Kai Rooney as he relaxes on a lounger in the Caribbean sunshine. He even manages to look cool, despite the dummy, with his £60 pair of junior Ray-Ban sunglasses. His 26-year-old mum, Colleen, may be four months pregnant, but three-year-old Kai is obviously still the apple of his parents' eye, as the iPad they've given him clearly shows. Perhaps he was keeping up to date with how his dad, Manchester United football star Wayne, is getting on at home where he's recovering from an injury. Mother and son spent Christmas Day at home with Wayne in Cheshire last week before jetting off to their exclusive Barbados resort, where rainy Britain seemed a world away. He's playing with an iPad on a beach. Go and build a sandcastle. Go and get an ice cream. Go and do a bit of mind-sweeping. You know, you drink uh, the dregs of someone's beer, for goodness sakes. I don't mean that at all, of course. I am joking. 08459 455 555. Coming up, we'll be speaking to a Morris dancer. Yeah, I know. I've, I've literally got no idea... Literally got no idea what's happening. We'll find out when we speak to him. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's have a little look at the weather. It's me doing the weather. I know, I know. Listen, come on. Uh, it's your licence fee that's being saved here, so don't have a go at us. Today's weather, a few light showers possible, but the majority of places will be dry with sunny spells. It'll be breezy, and everywhere will feel noticeably colder than recent days. Highs of seven degrees. Dry and clear at first tonight. Chance of ground frost in some sheltered areas. Uh, lows down to two degrees. <coughs> oh, sorry, I had the microphone oh, open. Sorry. What you heard there... Yes. <laughs> what you heard there was uh, David Prever's uh, cough yes. live on the Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. You've just come in saying I've got no show. Well, I Is could tell you that I have something. Well, here we are, look, it's in my back pocket. Go on. 
Here's the show. It's a post-it note. It's looking good. Looking yeah, good. I wrote this while pouring the kids' milk this morning. It yep. says, uh... I can't read it. Now we're in trouble. Oh, yeah, exactly. Listen, we've not we've barely had a show. I and mean, we've got a whole team. No, of you've had here. a show. You've uh, Fiscal Cliff, that well known adult star. <laughs> Doesn't he sound like an adult porn star, Fiscal Cliff? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. No idea at all. At all. So do, do you what, what any plans for the show? Just gonna open up the phone lines. Yeah, yeah. There yeah, are people yeah. listening. Yes. There are people are there? listening. Yes, I've spoken to, really? to all of them. All six of them have called this show. Really? So they will they will be listening. I saw on the way in one car, but a lot of joggers. There's a oh, lot of people jogging around the place. Last. Oh, no, give them a day on that nonsense. Oh, well, enough. Well, I, when I was driving in about quarter to five, there were loads quarter of... Quarter to five on New Year's Yeah, I know, ridiculous. Um, there were loads of drugged up, drunk... Walk of shame people. Uh, it's, yes. like, it's like being in a zombie film. <laughs> yeah. Just staggering home, looking awful. Their clothes dishevelled, sick down them. Oh. Yeah, they're coming to work here. Yes, I know, exactly. They're in the, yeah, the room exactly. next door. Uh, we've, we've staggered through. Yeah, you've done very well. Have That's you seen this... Like, this uh, this Daily Mail front page. Yeah, the, the outrage. Mail, outrageous. Outrage that Jimmy Carr and Jack Whitehall, potty mm. mouth comedians, on a Channel 4 show, mm -hmm. Potty Mouth Channel, have done some rude jokes. After the watershed? Uh, uh, a seconds, seconds after the watershed. <laughs> seconds. So, after the watershed Why then. is the watershed nine o'clock? Who decided that it was nine? It's an old-fashioned thing, isn't it? And it yeah. doesn't make sense now with people being able to take With kids everything. sitting there in bed with their iPads at midnight. But yeah. these jokes, I wouldn't... I mean, like you couldn't read them out on here, but... They're not that. Go on, read one out. Okay, let's test the barometer okay, whether anyone. Oh, did you see their faces next? Someone's door? woken up next door. The, uh, the the okay, but here's the one about the queen. Okay, no, I won't. I did. I did. But have a look at those. I mean, this is. I've I've done worse jokes than that on television. On Channel Four, probably. Yes, of course, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Seconds after the. I like. Um, I think James Corden is a very funny man, though, isn't he? No. Really? I don't get Corden. Don't I, you? I like the other two. Yeah. I don't get Corden. Really? Um, and, um, yeah, I don't get him. I, 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 there's something about him. Something about that boy I don't like. Really? Yeah. I like him. Whereas Whitehall, I think he's young, he's energetic, he's yeah, attractive. Yeah, I get him. I get him. I Carr, get him. I, Carr, I like... Carr was very, very nice to me once. Was he? After um, I was humiliated on a television show by really? an idiot. Really? Um, and he, Jimmy Carr phoned me up afterwards and said, I'm really sorry about that. That was embarrassing and he was out of order. And, uh, oh, that's nice. And he had no reason to do that. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, then, on that. Yes, but no, Gordon, no. None of these are repeatable at all. No, they're, 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 but, but, you know... But funny! The Pasquale one, I could do on... I could have done on my old radio station. Where's that one? Right at the end, the last one. Mm. I could have done that. Yeah, you couldn't do it here, though. I couldn't do it, I <laughs> couldn't do it here. And listen, I like... My kids like eating, so yes. I'm gonna just steer well away. Yeah, clear well away. But it is another one of those things, and it does... The, 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 the Daily Mail just going for someone. Complaints have been made. Five complaints were made, and now thousands will yeah. be made because of this. Well, what else are they going to do on New Year's, on New Year's Day? No, they're going to do, do, no, do the big Fiscal stories. Cliff. No, no, no. Kim Kardashian. Kim, yeah, she's got... Who is she, by the way? I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> I, I thought I was alone. I haven't a clue. I'm, not if I was... If there was a gun to my head and I had um, to tell you who she was. I couldn't tell you who she was. I don't know who she not is. Not a clue. There's lots of them, apparently. I, oh. I only know this through speaking to the girls who work on the show normally. There are lots of Kardashians... They had a television show at home with them. Yes, yes, exactly. I know about that. And they've got big bottoms. That's it. And that's it. Yeah. There's nothing else. Couldn't tell you who they were to them in the slightest. Not a clue. So you're on from nine o'clock. Yes. Not a clue. What, no, I've got. Uh, well, we've got eight minutes to prepare. That's perfectly okay. Okay. Well, listen. Best luck. I've got some phone records. I'm going to speak to a Morris dancer. Very nice. Good yeah. for you. Thank you very much. Right. Happy New Year. See you later on, David. Happy Thank New you. Year. Have lots of fun. David Prever filling in uh, for Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Listen, we, it, it, to, to be this slapdash takes years of practice.
Let me tell you that. Now, listen, this is exciting. It's time for our version of the 12 Days of Christmas. It's our version, and we have taken complete artistic licence to pick and choose which days were our favourite and put them in whatever order we wanted. Today, ten lords are leaping, and to represent them, we've got a gentleman from a Morris dancing club. Ian is from Rose and Castle Morris in Stoke Bruin. Morning, Ian. Happy New Year. Yeah, good morning, and Happy New Year to you. Now, Morris dancing... There are some people who might be smirking, Ian, the, the, the costumes, the puffy shirts, the, the balloon on a stick and the bells. Why is it so important to you? Oh, well, I think it's, uh, it's a very traditional form of dance. I mean, uh, it goes back uh, into the history of time. It was even Shakespeare referred to it as an old traditional form of dance. So it's, it's one of our few traditions that still ca- carry on to today. And uh, it's important that we keep that going, uh, and uh, you know, as just one of our few traditions we've got left, really. Am I right in thinking, like a lot of these old things, it's all about fertility, isn't it? Uh, not really, no. Oh, have um, I got that wrong? <laughs> uh, I think a, a lot of a lot of the young men in the in the villages around used to dance to attract women. So I suppose, if, in that sense, I suppose it's fertility. But uh, no, it, it's. Uh, one of the theories is that it, it actually comes from the Moors, um, you know, the Moors from Spain, and it was yes. a traditional form of dance that they brought over after the Crusades. That's one version of the of the history of it. But um, uh, well, whether that's true or not, I'd, it's difficult to say. There's no records of it as to where it does actually come from. How long have you been doing it for, Ian? Uh, personally, I've been doing it for about 15 years. Oh, you must be uh, tired. <laughs> yeah. Second time that gag's got an airing today, and it, it, I love it. No, sorry, go on, 15 years. What, what, why did you get into it? It's, it because it is, it, it is a kind of dying d- d- dance, I would have thought, isn't it? Well, it's, I mean, we, we do struggle to get new members, particularly young men. I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of Morris sides uh, around the country. I mean, there must, must be, I think, a couple of thousand, I think. Uh, but these days, I think there's probably more women Morris sides than there are uh, men. Uh, we're always struggling. When we, I mean, we, we're struggling to get new, uh, uh, new dancers, new recruits. Yeah. Uh, the young men somehow don't seem to be very keen, but we've got a couple of young men, but uh, it does take. It is a bit of a struggle. I, I, I thought women weren't allowed to be Morris dancers. Oh no, no. That's um, that's uh, there is uh, what is called the Morris Ring, which is one, uh, the Morris Ring, <laughs> which uh, is one organisation which. Oh. Uh, doesn't allow uh, Morris uh, female. I thought Morris that dancers. was what happened if you, if you danced too much. You got the Morris ring. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, good. <laughs> so that's an organisation, and they don't. They well, sorry. They 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 do or they don't allow women in. The, the Morris ring d- don't allow. They allow uh, women in uh, in in the band, but not to oh, dance. Oh, for goodness! There's worse as, but, the, as uh, bad as the Church of England, for goodness' yeah, sakes. Yeah, yeah. But there is the Morris Federation and the Morris uh, the Open Morris. There are two other organisations that both have uh, happy to have uh, mixed and uh, female Morris sides. So, yeah. you, you've got an event today, have you, Ian? Yes, we do. What's yes. happening? Um, at Stoke Bruin, uh, we're dancing up from 12 o'clock midday uh, um, next to the canal um, outside the boat in, in Stoke Bruin. And so that we'll, do, we'll dance. Uh, there is a Mor- there's a female Morris side dancing with us, Queen's Oak, and we'll be dancing there for probably about an hour to an hour and a half. It's going to be, no, listen, it's going to be a little bit chilly. I always associate Morris dancing with um, kind of summer fates and summer fairs, and it's, it's gentlemen waving their hankies and then having pints of real ale. It's going to be a bit chilly today, isn't it? Uh, well, yes, I mean, uh, it's funny, I mean, it used to be very much for sort of um, a spring through to autumn. Uh, things, but they, they, we should be dancing all year round now. So, uh, 
uh, we get invited to various events. So, and it's always been traditional to dance for us anyway on New Year's Day. So right. we've been dancing for many years. How how often do you meet and rehearse and right, practice we, these dances? We we practice every Wednesday uh, at the Village Hall in Stoke Bruin. So uh, uh, we do that right the way through the winter, and then in the summer. Uh, if we're not practising, we'd usually dance out on a Wednesday at a, a local pub. Uh, yeah, now, see, there you go, Ian. You, you've, you've just hit the nail <laughs> at a local pub. Oh, that's right. Well, that seems to be a theme. <laughs> it is. It is a theme. Well, it was always the theme. It was uh, the old um, the old churches used to have what were called uh, ales, church ales, where they used to get Morris men to dance at their, their ales, and uh, there was always... There was always drink there, so it's, we're just holding the tradition up, you know. It's nothing. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Ian, were you out celebrating New Year's last night, or were you I sensible? Was, I, yes, I oh, was gosh. until about. Ten. I came. I left at two. I was, you know, I was pretty good at it, to get up, be able to get up this morning. I'm very impressed. <laughs> you, you're you're proper hardcore. <laughs> uh, and so, if anybody, listen, you, you said you're looking for for new dancers. We are. Yes. yes. What, what do people do if they want to get involved? Uh, well, if they want to get involved, then they can they contact me. My number is oh one. Well, I tell you, Ian, I tell you, don't. don't Let's not right. give out your phone number on it. Right. I tell you why. Because yes. you may be surprised to hear there are lots of weird people listening to this oh, radio right. show. Okay, right, okay. If you give us, if you, I know honestly, <laughs> that I, I would be re- reluctant. If you give your number to our team here, right. if anybody's interested, they can send us an email three cr at bbc.co.uk, right. uh, and then we'll pass their details on to you. How about that? I think that's, that's probably great. a safer way yeah, of doing it. Be, uh, Ian, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day and happy thank New you. Year. Okay, and to you. There we go. Thank you very much. Look, you see. I'm always reluctant to allow guests to give out their own home phone numbers. You never know who's listening. You never know who's listening. Uh, well, uh, well we've, we've had the people who are listening calling in today. We know exactly who's listening today. You wouldn't want those phoning you up. Oh, for goodness sakes. It would be awful, wouldn't it? A little bit of Morris dancing. I, uh, I, I understand why they're struggling to get young men to do it. <sighs> I, I like Morris dancing. I love... There's a summer fete near me, and we go every year, and we watch the Morris dancers, and it's fantastic, and it's historic, and it's traditional. You wouldn't catch me doing it, though. Really. With uh, little bells on my legs, and uh, th- th- shaking my own hankies. You can understand why young men are reluctant to become involved. I don't think you're going to get too much action, um... If, if you're a 20-something Morris dancer, if you think that's going to be the way to pull the girls, I'm kind of guessing. I could be wrong. could be completely wrong. I'm kind of guessing that isn't going to get you too much action, really. Oh, well, there we go. I think we've, ju- we've just about managed to stagger towards the end of the show. I've cooled them down, I've cooled them down nicely for you, David. They're, all, they're, they're nice and... and, and <laughs> lukewarm ready <laughs> ready for your attention thank you to everyone who called in today i know it's it's th- the shows will start to get back to normal from tomorrow i think maybe next week and it takes a while to kind of build up speed we'll aim to get back to something approaching a normal show tomorrow but don't don't expect too much and you won't be that disappointed how about that uh, if you listen i should say by the way that um if there are any things any stories or any things that are happening in your area in beds hearts and bucks that you think might be worthy uh, the breakfast show covering, uh, then do drop us an email, 3cr at bbc.co.uk. We've already had a couple of emails um, of, of some things that we will be investigating and, uh, and looking into. If there's something that's happening near you or something you've spotted and you think, oh, yeah, then now this is what my local radio station should be talking about. This is something I'm, that, that, that needs to be changed or fixed or, or, or sorted out. Send an email, 3cr at bbc.co.uk. Market breakfast, Ian Lee, 
so I get it. Don't want it to go to any of the other shows. Uh, and we'll have a look at it, and we may get back in touch with you. How's about that? Thank you to everyone who took part today, and uh, thank you for putting up with it. What has been a slightly slapdash couple of shows, but I've had a lot of fun. Thank you to everyone who's helped out as well uh, here this morning. Thank you for that. We, we, we got away with it just, I think. You can't have gold every single day, for goodness sakes. A little bronze every now and then. I've hurt anybody. Back tomorrow at six o'clock. Pretty much normal service will be resumed. Do stick around, though, because after nine, filling in for Jonathan Vernon-Smith, it's David Priva. All of that after the news with Louise Parry. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.